In the wrestling world, the people are represented by two separate but unequally important groups. The wrestlers and bookers, who literally do all the hard work, and the fans, who endlessly nitpick and overanalyze everything they do. These are their stories. Welcome to Raw and Order, the wrestling booking unit, the only wrestling podcast on the planet that didn't get a call from John Laurinaitis telling us we were fired this week. I am your host, Detective Mark Smarts, and I am joined, as always, by my partners in crime fighting. Starting off with me, he's going to be in the dark for a bit, District Attorney Vincent K. Fabe. What's going on, man? How are you? I'm infuriated. Infuriated. Are you telling me that the guys at Cultaholic and WrestleMania and all of them got a call from John Laurinaitis this week? Uh, it was budgetary cuts, you know. So they couldn't even afford the phone call? Yeah. They just ah. Also joining us from up north, maybe he didn't get fired because they've got better labor laws up there. JLB, what's going on, man? Got no call. I'm still here. No budget cut excuse for me. However, of course, very, very surprisingly weird, sad news that Bray Wyatt has now been released. I don't know what's going on anymore. I don't know what they're doing. You've had both Braun and Wyatt main event SummerSlam last year for the title. And a year later? Goodbye. What's going on? What is this? Oh my god, what's going on? Uh Go yeah, on. no, it's 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 uh I don't know. I don't know what to say. I mean here here's the thing though. Um I'm less angry about this than I was about some of the previous ones. Um if only because of how much they fucked up the Bray Wyatt fiend character. Right. So, uh, but I'm sure we'll talk a lot about that tonight. It might, it might be our main crime for the night um, that we'll talk about. But uh, before we get into talking about the crimes, uh, I'd like to thank anyone who comes to the live stream to watch us there. Go ahead and uh, let us know in the comments uh, here if you're here. If you're listening to us on the replay or uh, on the podcast, thank you for uh, giving us uh, some time of your day. Um, but we'd love to get more people involved in the live stream. So you can hop on over to Facebook or YouTube, follow us on either of those, and uh, join us on the live stream. We go live every Sunday night and every Tuesday night at 1030 Central. So um, come join us there. You also make sure to like, share, and subscribe to the podcast and follow us on the social media. We'll go over all the social media hooks at the end. Uh, they're, you know, in our little bios here, so... But yeah, um, check us out there. But to start off the show, we always start with mentioning that Raw and Order is part of the Tatnus Co. Podcast Network. So the link is going to be in the show notes and the doobly-doos uh, uh, for tatnusco.com. Head on over to tatnusco.com and check out the other shows on the network. Uh, tell Tatnus that we sent you and uh, then come back here for some more content later in the week. But we will go ahead and get into the crimes. And like I said before, I think um, I think we, we know what crime is going to be the main crime we're going to talk about today. 
and that's Bray Wyatt. Um, and like I said, I'm less angry about it than I was about previous ones, if only because this is the one, kind, kind of like with the last round where I was like, you know, I think this might be for the best for him. I do think this is for the best for him. However, the timing of it is so frustrating, and uh, just the way they did it is so frustrating, just in general. But um, the upside is his 90 days should end on October 30th, and uh, that's a one week before Full Gear, mm -hmm. if I'm correct. Yeah. Um, which gives, Full Gear is November 5th, so... Uh, Apparently, so, Braun and Bray are already in discussions with each other. Uh, I call, I'm call i calling shenanigans on that report. Uh, it's actually my misdemeanor for later. I think that that's just Braun trying to keep his name out there. Oh, could be. Because I, I, the report came from Braun doing a, a tweet like, uh, we'll be together soon, brother, or something like that. Right. And... And I really, I really feel it's it's Braun realizes that n nobody from the overall wrestling scene was angry so much that he got let go. Like it was uh, him getting let go was more puzzling because I don't see him going anywhere else. You know, um, I don't see him having success on Impact Wrestling. You know. Uh, and going there. I don't see him going to AEW and being their next big thing because right. I, I don't think he fits there. And he's, you know, he and he was like the perfect WWE mold, really. He was. You know what was, I mean? He was like, a WWE wrestler if there's been one, right? Right. And, and ultimately, it comes down to like, I mean, I, I want to say this in this way i'm i appreciate the fact that he values himself right and so he puts a high value on himself i appreciate right. that everyone needs to learn to value themselves you go apply for a job and they give you a a, a job offer a price right make sure it's worth your value and value yourself that being said if your sole resume experience is with one company that fired you, right? And other companies come along and maybe be willing to work a little bit knowing that the other companies do not have the same budget as prior company. You know, if you used to work for Microsoft and you got let go and a small mom and pop software company from, you know, uh, California calls you up and says, hey, come work for, for us, you know that mom and pop software company doesn't have the budget that Microsoft has. So you need to understand that and maybe go into it with some good faith from that standpoint. And reports have it that Braun not going into it with so much good faith. He values himself too much. And that's fine, I guess. It just means he won't get any booking because there's no, no indie out there that can afford to drop 20 grand for a one-off appearance from Braun right. Strowman, right? I mean, for many of them, uh, twenty grand is their entire budget for the show. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Hey guys, you want to come work for free tonight? Yes. By the way, Braun's going to be there. Oh, mm -hmm. okay. So he's going to put me through a table? Yeah. 
and and I don't get paid for that. Yeah. Well, no. Is no? anyone else going to be there? Well, only any everyone else who says they'll come for free. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Joey Ryan will show up for free. Which, as long as he does the penis plex to Braun, I'm okay with that. I would, I would actually, I would actually pay money to see that. I, I would... <laughs> and then Braun puts him through a wall. Both of those things would be things that people would pay to watch. <clears throat> yes. Yeah, especially I, I, there has to be the comeuppance. But, and I just realized now that using the phrase comeuppance uh, with Joey Ryan is not the right thing so I... to use. I'm I'm actually gonna move change my role um, as the district attorney. I'm actually gonna take the defense on on the Bray Wyatt thing. I'm gonna let JLB and you just attack WWE for the stupidity of it um, because I I don't think it's a horrible move. Um, I, no, well, that's what I, I think. I'm not I think I don't think it's a bad move, mostly because uh, and it's WWE's own fault. They ruined the Fiend two years ago, mm-hmm. like. Right now, two years ago, we were all like, oh, my God, I'm so excited for this. I'm so excited. He's just a creepy guy um, in this in this, in this this cartoon world with puppets. What is this going to be? What is this going to be? All of us were jacked. Mm-hmm. And then he shows up at SummerSlam and uh, introduces The Fiend. And then by Survivor Series, we go... What are you what are you doing? <laughs> well, I think it's work. I think it's also because of the potential of what Bray Wyatt could have done again more. For sure the fiend gimmick has been off for quite a while. Uh really since the pandemic it kind of went it fell flat a bit. And just cuz they didn't I would contest that no, it didn't fall flat during the the pandemic. We had the best cinematic match of all time. Thanks to Bray. That was John C. Oh, was that during? Oh, it was during COVID. It's true. Yeah. Okay. No, it's the only reason it happened that That's way true. was during COVID. Uh, the very best. The reason that now today you go, oh my gosh, a cinematic match. This could be good. Happened at WrestleMania. Usually they sucked. But right. both of those WrestleMania cinematic matches were good. And the Brave John Cena one was the best of all time. It told I, an incredible story over a 10 minute window. Yeah. It was. It was short story writing at its very best. Um, it was unbelievably good. I will take a minute to interject, however, that um, while I'm not saying it wasn't a great cinema, I don't think it was the best cinematic match of all time. It was the best WWE cinematic match of all time. Okay, I'll give you that, because I don't um, know a lot of the other cinematic matches. Uh, but but for me, the, the final deletion... Um, oh, yeah. You know, uh, which really broke the mold for cinematic matches, uh, mm. but with Jeff Hardy and Matt Hardy. Um, but anyways, no, I, I get it. You know, WWE hadn't shown that it could do cinematic matches. I want to point out, though, going back to the beginning of this, though, I said I'm not at, I'm not that angry about this. I'm, I'm yeah. literally not because I, the timing of it was is frustrating. Um, but. Along, like, like you said, they basically ruined the character. They took everything they needed out of the character and gave it to Alexa. 
Uh, and and then and she's not doing it well. Like she, she, she's doing okay with it because Alexis, in insanely good amount of of heel work of, of acting. And Alexis, I mean, she's she's a very good actress. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, the Fiend character worked way better with Fiend with with Bray Wyatt. For sure. Well, it was his character, right? So anytime you're going to get someone to try to impersonate a different character, it's not exactly going to be the same. But I mean, look, if, if you're going to give it to anybody for a woman to do it, um, or anybody even to try to do it, Alexa, you know, she's... That well, is bad. It's just, you know, it's just you're taking a character that was already out there. You know, if you would have made her Sister Abigail, would have been a whole, maybe a little bit of a different story. But you just made uh, her Fiend, Fiend 2.0. Uh, I'm 100% uh, against her being uh, Sister Yeah, yeah, I, I hate that or, idea. Or Sister Abigail. I, I, either I don't either of either. the abs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, here's the thing. I... I make the joke of them sucking everything they could out of the character and giving it to Alexa. But we do also have to keep in mind Alexa's character is a completely different type of character, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because she doesn't come out in a mask. She doesn't have the fiend side to her. She doesn't have the Firefly Funhouse, per se. She's got Alexa's Playground, which is a very different concept. Um, uh-huh. Her character is more like a childlike evil, uh, a Damien from the Omen sort of a thing. Um, which, yes, it's a spin-off from the Bray Wyatt Fiend character, but it's done in a totally different way. And I think that's the only reason that it kind of works, is if mm. they had her coming out to wrestle in a female Fiend mask, no, wouldn't work at all. I don't know that the Fiend was was a good move as a whole. I, uh, the, mm. the creepy clown thing, um, I, I don't know. I Here's the deal. Wyndham Rotunda has been saddled with Husky Harris as his, as WWE's version of him, created Eater of Worlds Bray Wyatt, which was drastically misappropriated. And I mean drastically misappropriated. Could have been a better character overall than uh, Firefly Funhouse. Um, in right. in all reality, I mean, quite frankly, the the idea that the person who Undertaker beat between Roman Reigns and and Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania was Bray Wyatt, Eater of Worlds, to this day pisses me off. Yeah, if you knew you were going to have Bray at some point face the Undertaker, Brock should Bray not win. have gotten Brock, Brock should not have gotten that win. Brock should right. not have gotten the well, win the year and, before. And that brings up a very Bray. important point. Uh, we say that WWE ruined the character two years ago, but in reality, WWE has spent most of Bray Wyatt's WWE career ruining Bray Wyatt. True, true. Um, I mean, yeah, they give him, they allow him to have this Bray Wyatt character, which was his creation, and then because of fifty-fifty booking, the joke, the running joke from two thousand. 15 till he left and came back with the fiend was that Bray Wyatt never actually wins because he he basically just loses he came would come out say a bunch of spooky shit do the little spider thingy and then lose right um and the fiend was their chance to kind of rectify that and have him come out and win a bunch and they didn't 
And, it's and they were doing like well they... with that, even with Creepy Clown, until the Hell in a Cell. Mm-hmm. I don't exactly. think he ever recovered from the Hell in a Cell. Yeah. Well, and and so much of it was like, again, we mentioned it at the time of the Hell in a Cell. And this is, this is I guess, a reoccurring thing with WWE recently, uh, over the last two years, is they book themselves into situations they didn't need to do. Right? The Hell in a Cell match didn't need to go down that way because it didn't need to go down at all. Right? Well, because you could have had that feud without a title being involved. In okay. fact, not three weeks before, the title was on neither of those two wrestlers. Exactly. So they booked themselves into this where they're like, well, crap. Now we've got to have, uh, somehow or another, we've got to have Bray Wyatt lose so the title stays on this person because we don't want him to have the title yet. Um, but... Uh, we can't, we want to make him look strong, so how do we, well, what do we do? And that's the, the problem, same problem that they were having with uh, Keith Lee and Karrion Cross recently, Is it, that I was saying is that they book themselves into this corner, right? They have Keith Lee and Karrion Cross go into a match. They didn't need that to happen. If the reports are true, which I'm going to go on a limb and say, I think I believe the reports, right? That the plan was... Uh, for Karrion Cross to come up and lose a bunch of matches uh, to Jeff Hardy, to other people, and then uh, then Scarlet comes up and joins him, and Scarlet brings out the beast in him, and then he goes on a tear and wins. If that if that's truly what it was, that's fine, right? I st- I still don't like the way they did it, but uh, that's at least a storyline they were planning. But then Jeff Hardy gets COVID and can't show up this week, right? A week ago on Monday, couldn't show up. So what do they do? They book Karrion Cross versus Keith Lee. Keith Lee just recently returning from being gone for a while. Karrion Cross up here. So so what do you what now you have Karrion Cross beat Keith Lee, which totally just ruins your storyline. If you're trying to tell the story of Karrion Cross can't win without Scarlet, then Keith Lee should have won. Right. Right. Oh, but we're for whatever reason angry at Keith Lee, I guess, and want to have him keep losing. Right. How okay. dare you want your own name? Yeah. Okay. That's fine. Guess what? Don't book him against the other person that you want to lose. If you've got a storyline for these two people have to lose, then don't put them together because you can't have them both lose. Right. You know, and so these are all problems that WWE creates themselves. And it's the same thing that happened with Bray Wyatt for so long is they they booked themselves into these problems that they didn't need to do. Right. If you don't want Bray Wyatt to become the champion as the fiend when the fiend was hot as he was at that hell in a cell time, then don't Mm -hmm. book him into a feud with the champion. You know, uh, don't don't let it be for a championship. I mean, there's lots but, of you could I mean, have I, literally I, had him win and drop the title in the ring and had a tournament and it builds another storyline. You could have done there's, that, but again, like you say, three weeks prior to that, n- neither of them were champion. So, but if I think you wanted that's the, the issue though, because it, all the fans wanted him to be champion. I think around that time, especially everyone was so fans high on want him. To be wrong. Wanted. Yeah, fans can, fans want, can want to be wrong, but but here's the deal again if fans wanted it, but WWE's plan was not for it to happen because that's obviously what their plan was, 
then don't book him in a feud with the champion. So either don't put the belt on Seth Rollins and book him in a feud with Seth Rollins without the belt, or put the right. belt on Seth Rollins and book in a feud with someone else. These are two easy options, but they chose number three, which was put him in a feud with the guy who's the champion, even though we don't want him to be champion. And that's what it comes down to is this is a, this is, they turned a trinary, uh, something trinary that should have been binary, you know? You have you have two options. You don't want him to be champion. Don't put him in a feud with the champion, right? Because you also, at that time, shouldn't have had him lose. He should have been the character that just tore through the roster. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And that's the way he was mm-hmm. up until that point. Right, yeah. You know? And so it, it was so simple. Just don't put the belt on Seth Rollins. Have him and Seth Rollins feud. Then you can have him beat Seth Rollins at Hell in a Cell, but you don't have to put the belt on him because Seth Rollins isn't the champion. And so you don't have this stupid ending to Hell in a Cell. Seth Rollins could have taken the L at that time, especially against the Fiend in Hell in a Cell. You know? Yeah, well, Um, the other piece to that is, is there needs to be something that is like one of the things about the undertaker that we knew and still exists to this day. Undertaker's undefeated in casket matches, except for against the Okazuna. And that was like 12 people that attacked him and put him in the casket. Yeah. By the way, Darby Allen's undefeated in casket matches too, by the way. Cool. (laughs) He's had one, but you know, that was a coffin match. And I want to be specific about the difference. One's called a coffin. The other one's called a <laughs> casket. One sounds like Semantics. coffee. <laughs> and one sounds anyway. like casket, which is, is what is French people say. Is the, a little informative uh, little thing there for you. But yeah, no, I mean, yeah, cool beans. I, look, I'm, I'm, I'm just angry at them. Use them as a creative writer or something. You can't lose a guy who's that freaking creative who can literally help your product. He created a character out of scratch from nothing, no one's help. Said, hey guys, this is what I did. It's just. There's value in him outside of the ring as well. And they clearly just gave no F-bombs about it and said, okay, fuck it. We're, we're just going to say budget cuts. Get out of here. You know what I mean? It's a bit ridiculous since the guy's been in your company. Obviously, they don't care about long term, how long you've been in the company for. Because we've seen with a bunch of other budget cuts that, you know, they everyone's expendable. So, very uh, disappointing a billion dollar company just not saving any of their you're not safe in a billion dollar company that you've worked 20 years for is absolutely okay. ridiculous so so he, here's where um i go out of the comfort zone of professional wrestling and i talk about this again um in capitalism corporations are not loyal to their employees and they never will be right they'll pretend to be loyal to their employees they'll talk a lot about how we're a family here 
We're all a family. We treat each other like family here. But they won't. And so my advice always has been, and this was even my advice when I owned a business. I said, you do not owe your company anything. They will not be loyal to you. So you do not owe them your loyalty. Now, I'm not saying go treat your the company you work for like shit. I'm saying just understand that as soon as their bean counters uh, decide that they are would be more profitable without you than with you, for whatever reason, they will do that. And when they do that, don't be blindsided by it. And so at the same point, keep your eyes out for the bigger, better deal for yourself. And sometime you might bet on yourself and lose. But that that this is my life advice to people. Uh, and that's the thing. Like, Bray Wyatt, Bray Wyatt's going to be fucking fine, right? Yeah. Uh, he's going to wait out his 90 days, and he's going to sign with a company. And it's probably going to be AEW, because if you're AEW and you have the chance to get Bray Wyatt right now, you do it. I, I, yeah, I feel Wyndham like Rotunda is I is all elite. I'm predicting it right now. No if ands or buts. Like I feel like we've talked about ones that would make a uh, a big difference, you know. Um ones that that could be a Lex Luger moment or um mm-hmm. things of that sort. Uh, boy I think WWE just released a Lex Luger moment. I think it would be a big deal. Now uh well, it looks like we lost JLB for a second, so right. uh, when he comes back on, we'll add him back in. But I can't see him. Yeah, he he turned into John Cena. What? <laughs> but but so I'm I'm gonna go into fantasy booking a little bit here because I'm sure we'll wrong talk about show. It. It's the wrong show, but I'm sure we'll talk <laughs> about it on Tuesday as well. Anyways, but in the grand scheme of things, everyone's already doing it anyway. So there's a lot of people out there who are already fantasy booking Bray Wyatt, Wyndham Rotunda, whatever he ends up wrestling under. I mean, he's not going to wrestle under Bray Wyatt, so that's WWE. But whether he wrestles under Wyndham Rotunda or he comes up with a new name or whatever, I don't know. Um, But there are a lot of people already fantasy booking him coming into AEW and being the new leader of the Dark Order. And I... I say nay to that. Um, I don't. I, I don't think the Dark Order needs a new leader. I there's Jamie back. I don't think Dark Order needs a new leader, and uh, I think they they um, they've said before that they're fairly committed to. Uh, Brody Lee being the only leader of the Dark Order, right? Yeah. And then, um, and then number number negative one, Brody Lee Jr. being the replacement, the new one, and they've kind of stayed true to that. So I don't think Wyndham Rotunda coming into AEW should come in as the leader of the Dark Order. I think he should come in. Well, as there was the rumors that he's the opposing. I, I don't know if there's rumors, yeah. but that's what I think they should have him. Uh, that he should come in as the leader of his own group. 
And for a couple reasons. A, like I said before, I don't think Dark Order needs a new leader right now. But B, ever since Brody Lee's death, Dark Order has been a face group. Right? Mm-hmm. They've been the faces. You have Wyndham Rotunda come in as the leader of this new cult that is vicious, that is that is more culty um, and more bloodthirsty, and uh, does their job, their cult job, better than them. And now you've got a built-in feud of the Dark Order versus the invading whatever you call it. Um, and, well, there's also the Instagram post, too, right? Well, not the Instagram post, but his uh, bio. It says the Cult of Wyndham coming it's, soon. It's said that since before WrestleMania. Oh, did it? Okay. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think it said it from before WrestleMania last year. Oh, damn. Um, okay. I think he should come in as a tax man. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe um, Irwin or Shyster. No, and and no. that's one thing too. Irving why didn't or Shyster? <laughs> why didn't they ever use? You know how they like to use second and third generation superstars. Why didn't they ever make that a thing with um, with Bray Wyatt and Bo? Well, they just... they, there could have been reasons behind it. Uh, it could have been personal. It could have been that Bray and Bo didn't want to be in their father's shadow. It could have been a little bit that, in the grand scheme of things, IRS was basically a mid-carder at best, right? Mm. And and saying, we're the son of the mid-carder, is <laughs> not as big of a flex as you would like it to be, right? Um and so it could be that. It could be just that uh, they were worried about the second generation curse sort of a thing. I mean, it's the same reason they didn't have Curtis Axel go as Kurt Henning Jr., you know? Um, God, uh, what I wouldn't give for the B team to be back. Yeah. <laughs> so, But that's, that's part of why, so I was going to say, part of why I'm still not as angry about this. I'm I'm frustrated from a fan standpoint. I get that, but... I'm not as angry about this overall because they fired his dad earlier. They fired his brother, right? He's sitting there at work, getting ready to come back. I'm sure he's, I mean, yeah, the income loss is one thing, but I'm sure he's not actually all that frustrated because, like, listen, this company just shit-canned my brother and my father in the last For sure. year. You know? For sure. Uh, he's probably sitting there looking at his... his girlfriend fiance i don't know if they ever got engaged jojo thinking when are they gonna shit can her um yeah that's no and that's i mean i'm sure he's relieved if anything like whatever he i'm sure he's they and the thing is he was supposed to return too right like apparently he was uh advertised for a few house shows there's reports on that but here's the deal they they advertise everyone for their house shows uh, even if they don't know if they're coming, because it's it's all about. That's why they put that card subject to change there to protect their liabilities. They can advertise anyone on their roster to be there, and then be like, "Oh, turns out they weren't available." Hey, yet. Subject to change. Saw that yeah. there. Yeah, look at that. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. It. We advertised the Undertaker. It turns out he's retired. He retired, and and we tried to get him back from it, but we couldn't. So, oh, geez. Here's. You know, Velveteen Dream. We brought him back. Please and of all people, 
of all people. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so 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 you have him come into AEW as a different and and here's the the thing that I think makes it work uh, as a al- alternate cult, right? You have the alternate cult pick off and recruit successfully one of the Dark Order members into the new cult. And I think they've already built up who it's going to be. And John it's Silver. Five. It's number no, it's five, Alan Angel. No. No, jo- John Silver would be a great one from a popularity, but it's number five. And no- the reason it's number five is the gimmick that they've had for the last year with number five is that they pick on him incessantly. Yeah. On BTE, in backstage segments, on Dark. He is the redheaded stepchild character in the dark order right now and um you have this new cult come in and take him under their wing maybe he's a sleeper agent for a while uh and then does the final reveal and they turn him into a winner uh in this new cult um and so now he's out recruiting people to the new cult because listen i was in that other cult i was in the dark order and they didn't help me win at all I go to this new place and they immediately get me wins. Um, and you have them do it with heel tactics. They have them cheat to win just regular. They make them be 100% heel. That's yeah. the way you do it with him. Um, but he, ultimately, the simple fact is he's been let go now for, what, two days, right? Officially. <laughs> uh, there are no official plans for him right now. Right. AEW, yeah, AEW hasn't contacted him because he's still under a no compete, right? And Tony Khan has been dead serious about obeying no competes and not doing. And some of that comes down to his history with other professional sports, right? American yeah. football and uh, European football, because both of those sports have contracts, and if you Tam- they call it contract tampering. If you contact someone when they're under contact with another team and they're not allowed to be contact, they're not in a free agency or a restricted free agency period, you can face some serious, serious penalties, yeah. right? And so coming from that, Tony Khan is really big on, I'm going to wait until I know for certain that I can contact you. I have to wait until I know that your no compete is done. Uh, which is why, I, you know, with Aleister Black, Malachi Black, whatever you, Tommy End, whatever you want to call him, which is why I'm 99% certain that he was the one who instigated the contact with, with AEW when he realized that his contract only said 30 days. He called them up on day 31 and said, guys, just so you know, my contract only said 30 days. I'm available now. And they said, you're available now. Where do we sign? You know? Right. Um, and so right now, Tony Khan and all of AEW is sitting in a holding pattern. They might have some ideas. <clears throat> this is what we'd love to do with them. We'd love to do this. And Wyndham Rotunda, Ray, I'm sure has some ideas. He's, I'm sure, already thinking about who he wants to wrestle next and what he wants to do. He's a creative guy. He's he's probably had plans for what to do after WWE for a while, I bet. Um, ever since they shit-canned his brother and his father, he probably was like, well, let's start thinking about what to do later. Mm-hmm. But there are no official plans right now because 
he's still sitting at home in that no compete and not talking to anyone. I, and I say anyone. He might now be having conversations with AE, with with Impact Wrestling or Major League Wrestling or NWA or even Ring of Honor because I don't know how that management is on respecting no competes, but we do know how Tony Khan is on respecting no competes. So, right. Uh, I'm going to continue one more piece to this crime before before somebody else lays out a different crime, but. Um, I'm going to contest that, that I, I, I don't think AEW is the right move for him. Uh, um, wh- whether it's the right move or not, I think it's the move that's going to happen. Okay, fair enough. And, and, and I do want to I, I qualify that. I think that the AEW roster um, over the last, we'll say seven months, I'm going to say since the beginning of the year, has really become overtly overstacked. I think it injures the AEW roster bringing too many guys in that are um I don't I don't want to say has been but um you know you kind of have a little bit I mean Wyndham Rotunda's in, in no way shape or form a has been he's in the prime but you do have two guys that you just picked up that are knocking on the edge of being has beens um with uh with Brian Danielson and CM Punk. Um, and, and yes, there's a draw to those guys and worth it for the draw. But I, I don't know that I can really say beyond a shadow of a doubt that that's the right place for Wyndham to Rotunda to go. Um, especially in this crossover market, I think he brings more value to other organizations. And I think those other organizations, um, uh, gain value, or not only gain value, but uh, bring, can bring more value to him. Um, the one that comes to mind is if you fire James Mitchell and never let him be on television again, I think he plays well at Impact, but I think it is too dangerous with James Mitchell on their roster to pair the two. And um, it would just be garbage if you, if you had James Mitchell at all involved with Wyndham Rotundo characters. The problem, Um, the problem with that um, is the, uh, the reason James Mitchell is still in impact wrestling is AEW stands. Um, Not AEW, ECW stands is what I meant to say. The ECW fans who still are, are you know, dreaming of the days that ECW comes back, still remember him as Sinister Minister from ECW, and they still have this hard on for that, and mm. they think that that's going to usher in the new era of ECW. Um, it's if anything, if you're an ECW fan and and you want something, then you should be watching either GCW or you should be tape trading. Uh, uh, pro wrestling gorilla pwg um because those are the closest thing you're going to get to ecw nowadays right now yeah but but so james mitchell is still there here here's the i i get what you're saying about bringing in the the uh older people and having this huge stack. the thing i i'm 90 99% certain that cm punk is coming in from a standpoint of building the next generation from what I know about CM Punk, from listening to him on podcasts and, and following him on social media and all that stuff, I know he's a big fan of the next generation. 
So he's going to come in and... To be perfectly honest, I said this the other day. Some people were all angry that reports have it that Hangman versus o- Omega is not on the schedule now for All Out, right? That they've changed their plans. That's why they had uh, Hangman lose on Wednesday. And um, they're all angry about it. And they're like, well, man, I can't believe now he's going to, you know, this. And I go, no, here's the deal. Think about how much batter, and I mean that from a good standpoint, how much how much more badass there we go. Hangman Page will look when he beats Omega after Omega beat CM Punk right and Daniel Bryan and Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson Bryan. Yes. sorry um, I mean here's the deal if, if you now set Hangman up as the person who is finally able to beat Kenny Omega after Kenny Omega has beat the best in the world and the American Dragon um, and those can both be absolute slobber knockers that end with heel shenanigans because the elite interfere and help him win, just like they interfered to help Hangman lose uh, in this match on Wednesday, right? They interfered, they handed the belt, they did all the things they could do. CM Punk and Brian Danielson can lose to Kenny Omega through those same sorts of tactics. That's the whole point of heel groups like the Elite, like NWO, like DX when they were heel, is they use this pack mentality to win these matches, right? But to get then after Kenny Omega has won through all the big guys, Hangman Page finally beats Kenny Omega it's going to be lights out. Insane. Yeah. Right? Um, Now, Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson, whatever you want to call him, uh, is going to be kind of the wild card because he's the one that I feel like still in his mind feels like he wants to compete and have actual competitive win-lose-loss matches Um, because I think he thinks he can still go and i i agree he still can but you're right he's at that point with his injuries with his his body just in general and with his age that he also needs to be thinking more about yeah, this is this match. is triple h putting over sting um mm-hmm. who just came in mm-hmm. or or yeah. or triple h putting over brock as he just returned you know, um, that that's the stage of their careers that, that I see those two in. And, and and I'm not saying anything negative about it. I just, I feel like you, you've you worked very hard to build up the MJFs of the world. Yep. Um, very hard to build up the, the, the Jungle Boy on a, mm-hmm. on a face side. Um, Darby Allen on a dark character face. Um, all of those types of people. I just think there's a better fit for Wyndham Rotunda in Impact, barring you just have to know that James Mitchell cannot be a part of that. Mm-hmm. You have to know. Like, never don't even have a an on-screen discussion where James Mitchell's trying to convince him and he tells him to F off. Like it it just doesn't exist. Like James Mitchell, Wyndham Rotunda doesn't exist. Um I think ROH could pull it off with him. Um I I I, I would be depressed um, because I wouldn't get those matches. Um, <laughs> and so that's why, you know, I point out... I think out, NWA could pull it off with him. I just point out that uh, AW brought in Christian Cage. Um, and Christian Cage, so far, it seems like he understands that his goal, his point to be there, is to put over the younger talent. Yeah. Jungle Boy being one of them. And I feel like 
CM Punk and maybe Brian Danielson are going to be in that same boat. At the same point, you mentioned that the AEW roster is, is really stacked, and I agree. And this is where the unfortunate side is. There, it might be the time for AEW to start looking at, is there people that we don't need to keep around anymore? Right? And Are I, there I, people I... that just no longer seem to fit? And I'm going to throw out maybe one or two names that uh, might piss some people off. Uh, because, Jack Swagger. Um, yeah, I, I would be fine if Jake Hager is gone. I got no problem. Well, and, and quite frankly, he has he has a really good Bellator career. Yeah, they can um, just go do. I I would not cry, and I think Kenny Omega might. But I would not cry if Michael Nakazawa was never Fair on the screen again. Right. Um, I also would not be sad to see Luther go. Yeah. I mean, I, he apparently I would not has... be sad to see Luther have never come. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Apparently, Luther is also a backstage producer, which is fine. Keep him in the back. You know, this is when you transfer them from on-screen character to backstage, right? Um, I personally, and I know some people would be angry, but I, I don't want to see Paul White wrestle. They right. made sure to point out when he signed that he's got his wrestling certification, so he can wrestle. I don't want to see that happen. If you're going to and, do that, just hire Braun. <laughs> yeah. And in conjunction, Mark Henry. I don't want to see him wrestle. I wouldn't mind seeing like a backstage lifting contest between those two. Yeah. When they're just um, bantering with each other. I'm also going to, and this is something that probably won't happen because they're really trying to put him over right now, but QT Marshall. Can't get behind the guy. Can't, can't. I can't get behind him as a heel, and I can't get behind him as a face. He's just there. He's yeah, just like up. a lump on the log. And just get him, you know, take him off my screen and let him go. Um, let, let him be the backstage producer and, and continue to train people because he is good at training people. I get it, right? Um, I personally, I, these people mostly wrestle on Dark, but Serpentico and Sean Dean, like... They're both younger. I just don't see a huge upside in any of them. Um, I personally, I love, uh, I love one of the Seidels, but it's not Mark. <laughs> <laughs> what? So I, I would be fine if Matt Seidel was the only one of them that was there. Um, and so, I mean, there, there are people that could slim out. Also, the, however, keep well, in mind that I'm in gonna, one I'm week... Gonna throw, I'm going to throw some names that will really piss people off. Okay. I'm okay with losing a a Rhodes, and it ain't Cody. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, um, I kind of suspect that we've seen the last, at least for the time being, of Brandy Rhodes in ring. I'm uh, talking about and, another Rhodes. And um, I think Dustin is slowly transitioning backstage. I, I agree it could go faster. Um, yeah, but he had he, some good matches. I don't mind him there. And he's obviously I'm not, not saying go he doesn't have good matches. To make room for more MJF versus Darby Allen, yeah. uh, mm -hmm. to make room for more Jungle Boy versus um, number five or, or John Silver, mm -hmm. uh, to put John Silver on screen more, to put some of those characters on screen more, it's time to start transitioning a 50-year-old wrestler off screen. 
That's fair. I mean, yeah. the the who's closer in age, Cody, who I think is forty two, maybe forty one, thirty nine, somewhere in there, mm. or Arn Anderson, <laughs> like. And I know, I know, Cody's actually closer in age to him than Arn, but seriously, Arn was still in the ring when when Dustin captured his first world television title. And uh, by the way, Cody Rhodes is thirty six. Okay, so he may actually be closer in age to Arn Anderson than he is to his little brother. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm going to throw out three names, uh, and and I'm going to preface this by saying I'm sorry to say this out loud because we are going to be seeing you in a few months at Zello Pro. Um, but uh, <laughs> Billy Gunn and Austin Gunn and Colton Gunn. Yeah, but they're hardly on Dynamite anyways. They're still on the roster. They take up some room that could be someone else. Um, and, and frankly, Billy Gunn, he's also backstage as a coach. That's one of his things. So transition him backstage full-time. But, the re- like, I know they're good wrestlers, and they have a certain charisma, but it's not a charisma that resonates with me at all. And so I watch them come out, and I'm just going to meh. Meh. Now, the other thing to keep in mind, as we talk about these big rosters and everything, we're one week away from AEW having a second televised show. Yes, and that's um, going to open up a lot of that room. And so there's going to be some extra room from that. And it's just a one-hour show for now, but um, it'll, I, I would venture to say, as, as much as we have heard that TNT is happy with, or Turner just in general is happy with, AEW's ratings uh, that after the move to TBS next year that uh, they might expand it to two hours. So we have a two-hour Dynamite on Wednesday and a two-hour Rampage on Friday. Um, the the other piece to the Rampage part is um, Kenny Omega in, I'm trying to remember whose podcast it was that he was on, um, said he had hoped, this is not in writing that they're doing that, but he had hoped that Rampage would be a marquee for the women. Mm-hmm. The the reports from Tony Tony Khan has, says that Rampage is going to be a direct continuation of the storylines on Dynamite. Yeah. So, um, yeah. but just having extra time allows them to have more show more, more women and show stuff. More yeah. It also keep in mind they're they're not putting on just a one hour show on Friday nights for Rampage. It's going to be a full three-hour show. Um, just only one hour of it is going to be televised. Televised. Right? Um, just like when you go to a Raw or SmackDown. Uh, you're there for four hours. You're there for four hours. Only two to three hours of it actually goes out live on TV. Uh, the rest of it is filmed for main event or uh, 205, 205 Live or something like that, network special stuff. And that's where AEW Dark and AEW Dark Elevation are coming in. Yeah, I think that I think that those web-based shows are really, really they're what opens up your lower-level product, your mm-hmm. your um, developmental. That's that's their NXT. Yeah. Now, I would I would love for them to officially move a one of them, either Dark or Dark Elevation. Um, I would prefer Dark Elevation to move because. I think them putting it Monday nights, um, and then Tuesdays, and then another Watch. one immediately on Tuesdays. 
I would like them to move Dark Elevation to Saturday nights. Uh, um, have it on YouTube still, just like it is now. Oh, I think they should this. open that up too to YouTube, Rumble, Facebook, Watch. Well, now, know, I'm, all, all of I, I'm fine services. with them opening it up, but my point is not not worrying about putting it on TV, but making it bringing back Saturday night wrestling, um, or Saturday morning wrestling if you want to put it on in the morning. Oh, you know what, I mean? what a gift that would be! Yeah. That's fine, I, but I think then you would have Tuesday night dynamite, Wednesday or Tuesday night dark, Wednesday night dynamite, Friday night rampage, Saturday dark elevation, whatever it is. Um, and then the important thing is um, none of them directly compete with your main competition, right? Um, True. Yeah, you know, Rampage comes close, but it's set to follow SmackDown instead of directly uh, compete with SmackDown. If they go to two oh, wow. hours, so it's going it to be would... at ten. Wow. Yes. Okay. Um, at least that's what the schedule that I'd heard. Which means you show up to the Rampage taping. The first two hours that you're there is taping for Dark Elevation. Dark, dark Elevation. Now, the one thing I would like Dark Dark Elevation to do is invest a little bit more in storyline. Because right now, if you watch either of them on YouTube, it's just (laughs) match, 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 match. That's it. You know, uh, they put a graphic up in between the matches and and Taz or uh, Paul White talk about it a bit. Oh, coming up next, we got this match from these people. And they go, I would like them to start putting some backstage segments in them. I would like them putting some vignettes. In there, um, <laughs> vignettes. <laughs> gotcha. It lives forever. <laughs> it does. I've been said in like the longest time, but it lives forever. It I'm, seems. I'm gonna make that into a shirt. I'm telling you. You said that a year ago. I'm waiting. Yes, I'm working on it. <laughs> My computer was shitty. All you do have to do is use the um, the like just write vignette and then change the pronunciation symbols on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm 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 trying to see if I can find a place to get a good screenshot of JLB's face, so I can digitize it and put it right next to it. So it's a big net with his face right there. Wow! What a wrestler! And, and then and then use the the wrestling promotion as vignette for vignette. The definition of a vignette as a wrestling promotion. Backstage <laughs> Justin LeBlanc. <laughs> Raw order WVU. <laughs> That's it. That's but, it. Anyways, uh, but I would like to see Dark and Dark Elevation have a little bit more of that. Turn them into real shows, not just wrestling showcases. Exactly. Uh, I would agree with that. Yeah. Uh, and then you can have that storyline. But I, I agree in a way with I'd like to see Rampage. I would like to see AEW Dynamite feature more women's matches just in general. They've got a stacked women's division that uh, everyone thinks is shitty because they see one match a week if they don't watch Dark or Dark Elevation, right? And if they watch those, they might see three matches a week. Um, and it would it would be nice, and I, I hate to say the word quota, but it would be nice if they put together this concept <laughs> of we need to have X number of women's matches each week. Because they, you know, they've got an absolutely stacked women's roster now. And yes, some of them needs to learn to work the camera better. 
Um, in fact, as much as I like Hikaru Shida, she still needs some work on working the camera. She's gotten a Hikaru lot better. Shida. Um, <laughs> Uh, you know, you'd think um, Allie the bunny would be better at working the camera since she came from Impact, but she needs to work on that a bit. Um, Jade Cargill doesn't need to uh, worry about it for backstage, but she does need to in-ring a bit. She's still a little green on that in the ring. Um, uh, yeah, you know it was really good? I, this was the one that surprised me when she first hit the ring. Um, Anna Jay. For as green as she was in the ring, she knew where the camera was at all times. Um, her ring awareness from that standpoint was phenomenal. And so she's coming back from uh, dislocated shoulder, I think, shoulder surgery. Um, Take on, she knows how to work the camera because she was trained in the performance center at WWE and... They train for that there. Thunder Rosa is pretty good at working the camera. Red Velvet's really good at working the camera. So um, as inexperienced as she is as a whole. Um, that's why that's why uh, Jade Cargill and, and Red Velvet actually were the highlight to the Shaq, Cody, mm-hmm. Red Velvet, and, and Jade Cargill matches. Like, I mean, I'm excited to watch Shaq and, and Cody, but holy crap, the best part of this is the other two. But in a way, their inaugural women's champion, Riho, really doesn't know how to work the camera. No. Kind of sad. No. Uh, Yuka Sakazaki will be a fucking beast once she learns the camera. She she already has a lot of crowd support. She already has, has the crowd eating out of her hands. She just needs to start to connect more with the, the people at home. But then yep. you've got people uh, who struggle. Emi Sakura struggles with the camera. Uh, Big Swole struggles with the camera, and that's sad because she's I think Emi struggles because of so many years in Japan. I mean, mm-hmm. she did 30 years in Japan where where it was over. I mean, it was over for her to have the Freddie Mercury gimmick. She comes out with the Freddie Mercury gimmick here, and we're like, why are you dressing like a guy who's been dead for 30 years? Yeah. <laughs> But, like, uh, Layla Hirsch, who signed in the women's division, uh, if you don't watch Dark, you've only seen her a couple times on Dynamite. Um, she's still, she's phenomenal in the ring, but she doesn't know how to work the camera at all. And that's holding her back. Um, and working the camera is like what? Just kind of looking at the camera when you're doing a move? Looking at the camera, uh, setting the moves up uh, towards the camera. We were talking about it before you, you joined, before the show. Mm-hmm. Um if you're at a live event and you're sitting on one of the sides that's not where the hard cam is, if you're sitting on the hard cam side, right? right you're seeing I say what that they as see. I block my microphone so no one can hear me. Uh, you, you say <laughs> that on the hard cam side, right? You see the the show as the people at home are going to see it uh, right. for the most part. But if you're sitting opposite hard cam, suddenly now instead of the punch looking like it hits the person in the face. The punch looks like it goes past their face, right? Because, because because these, because it does because <laughs> it does, yeah. yeah. But they're working it towards the camera because they know the camera's there. I need to make this punch looks like it hits the face to that because I'm working it to the camera, right? Okay. Right. Okay. Um, and it it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things if it looks good to the people in the crowd because it's right. got to look to the good to the millions. And, and millions, millions at home. 
<laughs> the the other piece to this that's that's really relevant is this is a this is a common play versus acting in a movie thing, mm-hmm. but both of them require you to play towards whatever your audience is. Mm-hmm. So in a movie, you can turn your back because it may be part of the, there's there's mics in other positions and stuff, so you can have your back to the to the camera because that might be how they want that in that moment. Mm -hmm. If you're in a play in a theater, you're playing to the audience almost a hundred percent of the time. If you Mm -hmm. have a speaking line, you do not turn your back like in any way, shape or form because they can't hear you at all. It is the equivalent of smarts putting his hand in front of his mic and saying, yeah, (laughs) it just doesn't work. And so, so, that's part of in wrestling. You have to play to that hard cam because the hard cam is going to be your match. Um, they don't come out. You even see that when he comes out, who's the big name right now, obviously, otherwise our children wouldn't tell us that. Um, when he comes out, he plays to that camera. Yes, he does turn around and play to the audience as well, but you can tell a guy who, who is, a little bit green because he'll try to play to the, where the audience is. And in WWE, the audience is almost exclusively on one yeah. side so they can yeah. make the arena look full. Yeah. That's the thing, especially pre pandemic. I think the arenas are pretty full now post pandemic, but pre pandemic, that was the thing. Uh, all the WWE blogs were all talking about they said, Oh, here's a shot of the crowd at this event. And it would show hard cam side. There's nobody there. And that's because WWE would pack the event opposite hard cam so that the people on the opposite side would would be on screen the hard cam but what that means is that if you went to the event you were looking at people's backs a lot because yeah uh john cena would come out and he'd deliver his entire promo that way right (laughs) and and you'd be like well i paid money to come here right but they're playing to the crowd. They're working the camera. Um, and it's more than, and the, than and that. Like, there's a much larger crowd on the other side of that camera yes. than there is in that arena. But on top of it, it's even more than just the hard cam, though, because you get the people down at ringside with their cameras. And so you'd see the little light on that camera and know that's the camera that's live right now. So that's the way I have to point this now. And that's part of why it's such a, a taught skill at the performance center is because it's so important for you to know, find the camera. Where is the camera at? This is where I have to play to, right? This is also Um, why it's so important to have all those camera angle changes that we bitch about in Roman Reigns matches. Yeah. Well, the difference is uh, if the camera angle is always going like this, it's even harder to play to the camera. And so having some, some a little bit slower camera angles, changes makes it a little bit easier but that's where you watch go back and watch early episodes of dynamite uh now and as much as i love dynamite and i loved it from day one and everything watch the first episode of dynamite and watch you can tell the people who had experience in wwe or tna impact whatever you want to call it um versus the people who were indie wrestlers right you watched Cody come out and talk straight to the camera. You watched Britt Baker come out and play to the crowd. Because right. she was an indie wrestler prior to that. And so to her, the audience is the crowd. 
and she she admits this. She talks about this now in a recent podcast. She went off about how uh, you know how much she's grown because she learned how to to be on TV because it's a Quite different frankly, skill. We've admit this to each other in discussions about how to place our cameras for this podcast. Mm -hmm. All of us have said it's difficult to not look at the screen and, and because it's, it's normal to talk to a person. And And so we're looking at the person and, and it's very difficult to look over at the camera. I'll, I'll be the first to admit that I still struggle with it. You saw me earlier. I was doing this because I'm looking down at, at my iPad to see what's going on. But if you're the camera there, this isn't intriguing to you. This doesn't look like I'm talking to you. And I'm looking here. I'm looking right at JLB on my screen, but that means I'm not looking at the camera, right? <laughs> so I have to yeah. learn to talk to the camera here. And so oh, I had to position my camera. Now I feel like you're talking to me. Oh, yeah. perfect. Yeah, and when in fact like he's not. In fact, I'm not. In his mind, he's not talking to you. He's talking right. to a camera. Yeah, I'm looking, I'm looking right at a bright light right there. Um, and I do cheat just a little bit because I put the camera right next to my screen. So what I actually do is I look right at my own eyes. So I'm still not looking directly at it, but I at least see my expression and all that. But it's it's tough, and it's tough for all of us. And and that's why I, I'm not criticizing any of the AEW wrestlers for not knowing it in advance. Because if you don't have to know it... You don't know it, right? If you don't right. have to work to the cra- or work to the camera, you don't. And so, you know, uh, I mentioned the Zello Pro that we're going to. It's going to, I think, going to be taped to be broadcast later on Fight. That's what they're doing with the show they're doing tonight um, in Milwaukee. And our show is the next one, right? But it is still a relatively low-budget independent wrestling scene. Uh, that doesn't have a hard cam, just has some cameras at ringside, mm-hmm. and the wrestlers there don't play to the camera. That's not their their goal is to play to the crowd because the crowd are the people who paid to be there. Uh, the crowd are the people that feed them energy, um, and that's it's important. Like John Cena comes out and gets this huge pop, and he plays off of it, and he plays up to it, and I get it, right? But he knows he gets that huge pop because he plays to the camera so the people at home connect to him, right? And then when they finally are in the arena with him, they pop hard. Um, and I'm going to pop hard at the Zello Pro when uh, Jordan Grace comes out because I think she's phenomenal. And I wish uh, more people watched Impact and watched Jordan Grace. Um, I'm going to pop hard for Alex Shelley because I've been a fan of his for a long time. Nice. But it's also gonna. It's it's also. I mean, imagine how difficult it is for the Rock to come out because the Rock's one of the guys who gets to use four corners, gets mm-hmm. to use all four corners, and he comes out. And the now the Rock was also at the the heyday of wrestling, so maybe he was playing to audience when he did that. But he goes to that first corner, um, hard cam side, uh, opposing the opposing the the entry ramp. Mm-hmm. That's where he always went. That was the first corner he went to, opposing mm-hmm. the entry ramp, hard camp side, mm-hmm. and would would hold the that belt up. Imagine that nobody's there. <laughs> yeah. So they do always have some people on that hard camp side, but you're paying the same amount for that those seats as you are for the other side seats. Mm-hmm. 
and your sign will never be seen. And that's also where the cameras are. The cameramen are on the ground level. Cameramen are there. All four of them. They rarely go past, rarely go past the entry ramp. Well, I mean, once you start to understand hard cam side a little bit more, you realize that all of the major spots in WWE, especially are designed around the hard cam. Yes. Every single one. Roman Reigns does a drive-by. It's all 99% of the time. It's hard cam or announcer side. Or announcer side, yep. Um, Where where two cameramen are. mm -hmm. But it's always playing to that, the cameras, right? Um, And that's, and that's the thing. WWE, you go to their performance center, you train in wrestling, and then you've got entire classes, literal classes in talking to the hard cam. Where is the hard cam? Identifying it, playing to that. And that's the problem that I think AEW uh, faces with. Uh, they don't currently have a true performance center. They got the Nightmare Factory, which is QT Marshall and Cody Rhodes' uh, training facility. And I think Cody Rhodes might do a little bit of the, the hard cam talking, but for the most part, the people that AEW is training are training in wrestling, not in camera work, right? Right. And that's why so many of them struggle. And, you know, I I talked about female wrestlers who struggled with the hard cam, but, you know, a perfect example of someone who's found the hard cam and figured out how to work the cameras is John Silver, right? Mm -hmm. Early Dark Order, early John Silver. He didn't know where the camera was. was He was just all over the place and everything. But now that he knows where the camera is, now that he knows how to work it, he he comes out and you can almost see him walk out of the thing and boom, I know where the hard cam is. Right. Boom. And so now I play all of my stuff towards that. Because that's where where that's where the money is. But like Butcher Blade have a hard time with the hard cam. Yes. Uh uh it's something that um uh Anthony Bowens and and uh what what's his fucking name? I'm totally blanking. Um Oh yeah, what's this fucking the name? acclaimed? Okay, Master Jack Caster, Caster. Yeah, yeah. Something. Max Caster. That's it. Uh, that that they struggle with. They they do just fine when they come in for their rap, right? <laughs> uh, but but I I have frustrations with their rap as well. But when they're in the ring, this is this is where it's different. Once they're in the ring, they lose track of the hard cam, and they just go into wrestling mode. Um, you know, I mean, so, so many of them struggle with it. Ethan Page doesn't. Ethan Page knows how to work the hard cam. Uh, so does Scorpio Sky. Um, Joey Janela struggles with the hard cam a bit. He's getting better. Same with Sonny, uh, Kiss. Struggles with the hard camera. Uh, Marco Stunts learned the hard camera fairly well, and, and that's good for him because his whole career is based on fan support, Right. Like, right. I think he's phenomenal in the ring, but he only gets and keeps a career because he keeps the crowd on his side, right? Because mm-hmm. he's got the, to use a phrase, handicap of being small. Um, Miro's good at using the hard cam, working the cameras, because he has his WWE background. Uh, Orange Cassidy's good at working the cameras. Uh, he almost knew that from the start. So, um, so that's good. 
but like QT Marshall still sucks at working the hard cam. Um, Santana and Ortiz struggle with the hard cam a bit. Uh, Sean Spears struggles, which really is surprising because he's got the WWE background. Um, Wardlow struggles. We mentioned that. Uh, Private Party struggled a lot at the beginning. A lot. Um, and I think they figured it out now. I also think Private Party uh, have learned recently that their ring gear early on was crappy and didn't play <laughs> well to 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 real audio, uh, to TV. And so their ring gear now is, is a lot better. Um, Luchasaurus struggled with the hard cam originally, but he's gotten a lot better. Uh, Kip Sabian still struggles with the hard cam. Um, both of uh, the hybrid two, which is still a dumb name. They should just call them the hybrids or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> but both of them struggle with the hard cam a bit. Um, Darby took a while to learn the hard cam, but he's, he's pretty good at it now. So. But then you look at the ones that didn't struggle at all. Um, and almost all of them that have no struggling have backgrounds in WWE or Impact Wrestling, you know? Um, you know, of course, we mentioned Billy Gunn. He, he, he's such a pro. He's done it for so long. Boom. Lock on the hard cam as soon as he comes out. I'm there. Who? I'm Billy Gunn. It doesn't matter what his name is. Yeah. Sorry. My name is Billy. It doesn't matter what your name is. <laughs> I rewatched that promo this week uh, just because I had to. I was like, <laughs> such a good promo. It's it's surprising that Billy Gunn still had a career after that because that just absolutely fucking destroyed him. Oh, <laughs> it well, it, and it did kill his his, his main event singles push. Mm -hmm. Just slaughtered his main event singles push. I just won King in the Ring. Mm -hmm. And everyone knows that I absolutely <laughs> suck. We suck. We suck. <laughs> Bobby. Oh. <laughs> My name is Billy. Rock. It doesn't matter what your name is. <laughs> Anyways, we, we've got uh, way off track on this whole thing. Yeah. But talking about, here. here's the thing. I think, because what I, my point of all this was, I think there's still room on the AEW roster for Wyndham Rotunda. And I think because of Rampage and AEW Dark, that's where it happens. But this is based a lot on the idea that some of these older people, the Brian Danielsons, the CM Punks, the Christians, <laughs> the Mark Henrys and and Paul Whites and 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 Stings. And I think Sting is a, a good example of someone who came along and knows that his role in that company is to help the youngsters. And I think he's shown that, right? His whole role in this has been, I need to make Darby Allen look like a rock star. And he's, I think, helped a lot, you know? Um, as long as those people know where their position is. Because this is one of the things that WCW struggled with, especially towards the end, was bringing in the older wrestlers and not using them to prop up the younger wrestlers. Having the that, olds. Yeah, having the old people. Although, I still point out that we were saying Hulk Hogan was old um, when he was younger than most of the uh, big stars in WWE. You know? So, yeah. Uh, but anyways. 
Um, but I, I think there's room. I, I But in the end, like I said, whether it's the best place for him, uh, it's the place that I think he's going. Because I think Tony Khan right now is, uh, like I said, he's not talking to, to Wyndham, but I'm sure he's talking to the bean counters about, okay, what can we offer him? When he's available, what is our offer? And we need to make sure that our offer is up there so that Impact or NWA can't come in and beat us, right? Because this is this is that that big of a signing for them. At the same point, I do think, and it's the sad thing, we we give WWE a bunch of crap for cutting wrestlers, right? But it is important to note, and this is what I was saying earlier, companies owe no loyalty to anyone, right? Um, and AEW, they owe no loyalty to those companies. And they owe no loyalty to those companies, right? And that's why the... I'll, we'll get into it in my next, uh, in one of my misdemeanors, but, um, but AEW is approaching the time when they might have to make some difficult decisions uh, with some people. And we put out some names that, that would be difficult to, to uh, make the decision for, but AEW might need to consider down the road uh, to continue signing the stars of the future. Um but AEW can't sign every star, and we get that. You know, there's there's a reason that um, um, the fucking um, I'm trying to think of a, a really good name of some of the people who were cut. Um, oh, what was it? I'm totally blanking on the name. They, they painted their face in WWE. They were kind of like Road Warriors. Um, Ascension. Ascension. There's a reason that the Ascension aren't on. AEW, yeah. right? AEW can't afford to just sign everyone who used to be on WWE. And the Ascension were good, but they weren't next level good. No, um, it's not going to do anything to improve their product per se. Yeah, we, we've mentioned before, and he's going to be apparently at the, the Zello Pro that we're going to. Uh, uh, formerly Aiden English, Drama King Matt. He's going to yep. be at the Zello Pro. There's a reason that AEW didn't sign him. He doesn't bring a ton to the AEW market, right? Right. Um, and and they they would have to think about cutting some people to, to make that, you know, make sense. Uh, AEW can't sign everyone, and they haven't. And anyone who tries to, to play off that AEW is just signing all of the former WWE wrestlers is, is um, fucking insane. Because I can literally bring up the list of WWE wrestlers let go last year, you know, and the vast majority of them no longer are, are not with WWE or with AEW, you know. Well, I did want to throw out one more name of people, persons that just because I like this. controversy creates cash, you know. Um, Marco Stunt could be cut. I I I don't. I don't really disagree. I love Marco Stunt, and I think the thing with Marco Stunt is he doesn't have a feud right now. He doesn't have a yeah, storyline. There's, there's there's not even somebody you can put him. Really Did in he a ever have a feud though? No, he hasn't. But that's but that he that's why I said he survives on fan appreciation uh, alone. Now he can fucking go in the ring, and they could tell a good storyline about the underdog beating someone big, 
like put him put him against butcher right have him be the underdog who goes against the bigger butcher and finally wins that that could help put him over but but he doesn't have that you know and they haven't get, i mean they've had plenty of time to show it mm-hmm. and they haven't he's he's been the guy who sneaks one in when Luchasaurus is in the ring, or he sneaks one in when Jungle Boy's in the ring. I just don't know that he really amplifies either of those two characters. So so we'll we'll talk just because I, I want to really put this home to people who say AEW just signs all people WWE releases. These are people released this year. I'm not even going back to the 2020 releases. These are this year um that AEW hasn't brought in. Uh, Killian Dane, no. Kurt Stallion and August Gray. Uh, they were both NXT, so that's fine. Uh, Marina Shafir, no. The Bollywood Boys, no. Tyler Breeze, no. Fandango, no. Arturo Ruiz, no. Tony Nese, no. Aria Divari, no. Everrise, no. Braun Strowman, Bastards. no. Buddy Murphy, not yet. I still have hope, though. Uh, <laughs> Lana, no. Ruby Wright. Now, these people aren't out of their no-competes just yet, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Ruby Wright. But I, the only reason I would could see Lana in AEW is just to keep Miro happy. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think she'd be just fine as a, a Twitch streamer. Valley. Yeah. Uh, Santana Garrett, Jessamyn Duke, Lars Sullivan, Steve Cutler. He ended up showing <sighs> up in... there. Yeah. Steve Cutler ended up showing up in Impact. Um, Peyton Royce and Billy Kay. Now I want to see them there, and I hope that they sign them there. But they haven't shown up anywhere yet, and their ninety-day no competes are done, so they can be anywhere, right? Um, point out Mickey James and Chelsea Green have both signed with other companies, other than AEW. Tucker, Kalisto. Bo Dallas, Wesley Blake. That's a lot of people that WWE has released this year that have not shown up in AEW, right? So anyone, because you see that repeatedly. Uh, people saying, oh, AEW just signs anyone that WWE releases. Um, and they, they, it's simply not true. It's verifiably not true. You go back to last year, right? Ackerman Razor. Uh, the authors of pain. Yeah, where did they end up? Nowhere. 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 There's, there, they went so nowhere that there were rumors last month that they had retired from wrestling, and they actually had to go on Twitter to dispute those rumors. Say, no, we haven't retired. Well, if you're not wrestling anywhere, you might as well have retired, right? Right. Uh, Zack Ryder, Matt Cardona. No, he's killing it in uh, GCW and Impact, right? Mike and Maria Canellis, right? They're in Ring of Honor now. And apparently happy there and everything. Primo Slaying and it. I mean, Maria's their GM and doing a great job as that, mm-hmm. in that role. Yeah. Eric Rowan, Eric Redbeard out there. Not doing it. Sarah Logan went and had a baby. So, you know, that kind of kept her off the market for a bit. Um, EC3. EC3 was one of those that I was clamoring to get in AEW. No. No. Nope. Um, in fact, he's reinventing himself. Yeah. yeah. 
and killing it in Ring of Honor, right? Kurt Hawkins, who's now killing it in Impact. Heath Slater, who went to Impact and was killing it until he fucking uh, got hurt. Got hurt. Uh, Eric Young's back in Impact. Uh, Curtis Axel is nowhere to be found. No Way Jose finally appeared in Impact. Right. Not that I care. Uh, <laughs> Cassius Ono. Uh, Did Kurt- he really this week? Um, no, yeah. well, on the pay-per-view. Uh, two weeks ago. Uh, the pay-per-view, and then I think this week they, they had him in a match. He now what just goes as No Way. Uh, Apparently, WWE only trademarked the full name No Way Jose. So as long as he just calls himself No Way, he's not breaking that trademark, I guess. Uh, Alexander Jaksic, uh, Aiden English we mentioned. Um, heck, they didn't even bring in Kathy Kelly, which I thought would have been a great backstage get for them. I mean, nothing against Alex Marvez, but Kathy Kelly's a lot easier on the eyes. <laughs> so, but so it's just demonstrably false this narrative that AEW just signs every well, WWE reject. Kathy and, Kelly also could go to any any type of sporting event and yeah. be a and sideline I think she reporter. Did I don't I don't know. I mean, she could. Offhand. I'm going to go work for the NBA. Okay. <laughs> like. Yeah, she'll be fine. Uh, let's see what what Wikipedia says about her. Um, yeah, she uh, appeared in one episode of the Netflix sitcom Hashtag Black AF as a flight attendant. So she's yes. working on an acting career. Yeah. Apparently. I think a, a journalism career might not be a bad move for her. Mm-hmm. But anyways, so I, I just think uh, I think the uh, AEW has shown that they're not afraid to open up their wallets when they spot a talent. And I think Bray Wyatt is the talent that they're going to do. Like you said, he's the closest that we have to a Lex Luger moment right now. Um, and to be perfectly honest, uh, I know we we did a booking where we talked about the Lex Luger moment on FBI a while ago. And I know I didn't say Bray Wyatt. And I can't remember if any, if either of you said him. Um, but that's because not. we really didn't think he was going to. Ha- I mean, Ro- we didn't say Roman either because mm-hmm. we didn't think it was ever going to happen. Yeah. So, so that's we dropped a ball on that. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, this is if I'm Tony Khan, whether it's the best move or not uh, for Wyndham Rotunda, I'm opening up my wallet and I'm doing everything I can to get him there. For sure. Right. Um, now that being said, I'm also uh, going to make a very important point of saying we're we're going to give you creative input on your character. Um, we we would love for you to be the the culty character uh, that you were before, but if you want to reinvent yourself too, we want to at least uh, know what you're planning before we sign this here check. You know what I mean? Because if he wants to reinvent himself as a new Husky Harris character, then AEW's out. You know, they don't need a Husky <laughs> Harris. Um, but but if he wants to reinvent him as something else altogether that's not cult-related, but still badass, then there's still an option. But he's he would be number one on my get list if I were AEW right now. 
And as much as I want uh, Buddy Murphy, he would be above Buddy Murphy. Uh, Buddy Murphy probably is sitting at home going, son of a bitch. Um, I had <laughs> AEW on the stringer, and now this has to happen. And now they're they're looking at their budget to try to decide whether they can have us both there. And maybe I should go out and kneecap Billy Gunn. <laughs> Buddy, if you're listening, don't go kneecap Billy Gunn. It's against the law. Yeah, that's wrong. Wrong. And you will get arrested for it. Fired. Don't do it. Yeah. Do not From go life and in prison. Don't do it, say, in the ring by accident if they hire you. Yes. Don't do 100%. it. One hundred percent. Don't go watch all of the footage of Nancy Kerrigan and learn how not to do it. <laughs> Anywho. Uh so we'll move on. That was kind of a joint crime for all of us. I you know, kind of just started it, but I knew we were all gonna talk about it. Does anyone else have another crime they want to talk about? I do. Okay. Dominoes. Back in Domino's. So, now, pizza? Yes. Did you hear so, about it? Hey, or did, are you out of the loop enough on, on the Domino's apparently, thing? Apparently no, I, I, I am out of the loop. <laughs> oh, this will be fun. Okay, hold on. My crime, I will explain it. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, that's why I said this will be fun. I'm going to yeah. sit back and watch. <laughs> okay. So, Nick Gage and Chris Jericho obviously had their match. Obviously, uh-huh. there was a pizza cutter involved. Nick Gage sliced Chris Jericho up, and they had to go to commercial break. So they went to commercial picture break. Picture. Commercial break. Can you just let me finish? It's important that it's. I was and going to say that. That was my you next had, line. Yeah. It was my next line. Either way. Yeah. So. It, they're, okay. they're, they're, they're going commercial break. It's going to be picture in picture. And the first commercial you see is Domino's slicing up a pizza with what? None other than a pizza cutter. So, well, yes, because this... that's the best way to do that. Right. But they were just using a pizza cutter in the ring as a weapon, right? So it was a whole meme online for a bit. And then Domino's, I guess caught wind of it and actually put out a statement now thinking that they might actually remove their ad time from AEW because it makes their brand look bad. Um, And then along with that, there was also rumors that the WWE, this is a big rumor, whatever, might have had uh, some play uh, ploy there in letting dominoes know what had happened but i i don't entirely believe that um whether they had anything to do with letting dominoes know um there is a um a r- reporter who texted into uh, uh one of the wrestling reporters right with with screenshots of his texting with a wwe representative that they wanted him to write a a negative piece about AEW uh, and Domino's. Um, that they wanted him to to put negative publicity onto it. So, oh wow, okay. So that whether actually, whether sure. whether WWE had anything to do with Domino's knowing it about it or not is a separate thing altogether. But they they did. It's fairly uh, well confirmed that 
someone at WWE, and it might not have been with Vince's knowledge, but someone at WWE reached out to a reporter and said, I want you to write a piece about how horrible this was. So that happened, and then ironic, the funny folks over at Paps Beer decided to do uh, their own little um, take on it, and they said, hey, guys, if you want to cancel out, we'll take your spot, no problem, and they did like a, their bottle of their can of beer there, and their cap was like a pizza cutter kind of thing. So... You know, it was uh, all ploy on that. So now Domino's might actually be taking their time out or their spot out from AEW just because, hey, you guys are supposed to be 14 uh, and you're not supposed to have all this violence. It doesn't look good on us. I get it as a brand standpoint, but at the same time, like they keep saying it's a pizza cutter. Like, I, it's a bad look. I guess maybe the next, the first commercial shouldn't have been Domino's. But I mean, anybody who's anybody already made this connection that, hey, a pizza cutter is used to cut up pizza. What pizzas do we know? Maybe there's pizza, pizza, Domino's, whatever. Like you're already associated by the pizza cutter. Either way. Well, here's the biggest thing it comes down to because AEW, and this is important to note. AEW has no control over what commercials play. Right. They have no say okay. in that. That's okay. a that's a Turner thing. That's that's the network, right? So the fact that the network played that at that point <laughs> is is beyond genius AEW's control, <laughs> right? Right. Now, now even more than that, this is why it's it's such a stupid coincidence sort of thing is as I used to work in radio. I have some experience in, in television through through shadowing a friend who worked at the local television uh, and taking classes in television broadcast. Um, uh, when it comes down to all of this, the fact that it was a Domino's commercial that aired in the picture in a picture right as Nick Gage was cutting <laughs> Chris Jericho's head with a thing is a whole comedy of coincidences. Because... Right. The person in the AEW truck didn't know what commercial was coming. Nick Gage didn't know what commercial was coming. You right. know, so that wasn't planned, right? Um, Quite frankly, the, Domino's had no clue that that's where it was going to get played. Yeah, well, the, right. or is, that, that they were going to use pizza cutters in the ring. When, when Domino's hired, uh, uh, hired out, bought time, uh, they bought a time for segment X of hour two, right? Right. Um, yeah. So, so in anything, they say we're going to take X number of commercial breaks. Usually four, right? They say there's going to be four commercial breaks during this, right? I want mine to play in the third commercial break of hour two, right? Oh, okay. I can get it in, during the picture in picture. I definitely want it during the picture. Yeah, it's going to be in the picture in picture. Great, I'll do it. In oh, picture, first picture, commercial picture in picture. picture. I'll pay extra for first commercial picture in picture. Yeah, mm -hmm. but all of that stuff. But in the end, um, AEW didn't know. Uh, that it was going to be Domino's. The guy in the truck didn't know it was going to be Domino's. The guy at Turner headquarters didn't know it was going to be Domino's. Well, someone had to have known. Like, come uh, on. It, it, the, it's all pre-programmed by the advertising uh, people. But those advertising people aren't watching it live, right? They programmed it in advance when they sold the thing. That's Wait, one happy coincidence, though. Come it's, on. It, it is. It's a it comedy is. of coincidences. It is an absolute oh. comedy of coincidences. Because here's the deal. The picture-to-picture, -picture, 
um, it is based on time. So Nick Gage, if Nick Gage is thirty seconds early or thirty seconds later with that pick with that uh, pizza cutter thing, it does this doesn't happen, right? right? But Nick Gage doesn't doesn't have someone in his ear saying, <laughs> "Hey, do it right now." He's right. just doing this match, and he pulls out in his mind because I'm pretty sure most of that match was called on the fly. I don't think Nick Gage right. is a let's practice it sort of guy, right? <laughs> Imagine. Um, so, let's practice cutting you with a with a pizza cutter. Yeah, let's let's rehearse this three times. No, um, so it's called basically on the fly. I mean, they knew what certain spots. Okay, you're gonna do a pizza cutter spot. We're gonna do some light tube spots. We're gonna set up the the um, glass pane, and then you're gonna do a Frankensteiner on me off the glass pane, you know, or whatever uh, into the gas glass pane. They knew the big spots, but they didn't have it like minute by minute. Uh, planned out so the fact right. that they went to a commercial break at the time that nick gage had just done this is the first coincidence of anything because again if he if he was 30 seconds later on doing it they would have been in the commercial break the domino's pizza commercial would have ended and then he pulls this out it still would have been scandalous but right. um it wouldn't have gotten the same sort of a thing right um if he was a minute earlier, it would have been done, and then they go to the pizza, and no one would have said anything, right? right? If if the show had run early, right? If a match an hour earlier in the show went short, which it did, um, that threw off all of the schedule, all of the timing for for uh, that main event that happened, right? And I, I point out that it did. A match earlier in the show went short. The uh, FTR versus... Um, oh, who were they? Oh, uh, Pride and Powerful. Santana Pride and Powerful, yeah. Yeah. That match ended early because Cash Wheeler slashed up his arm, right? I think it's technically his right arm, but anyways, it doesn't matter. Um, I don't know if you saw that, right? But he did a, a splash on, um, I think it was Santana in the one corner. And when he came down, his arm caught the metal part of the turnbuckle post and gashed way open. And he was bleeding like a stuck pig. Oh, dirty. Okay. And so they rushed the finale. He dropped out to the outside. <laughs> the people came over and gave him a, a T-shirt or something to push against his wound. And Dax Harwood had to end it by himself, right? And so it was a rushed finish. So that match probably ended a minute or two early. Mm. And that coincidence, an hour earlier in the show, I don't know if it was an hour, but earlier in the show, pushed all of the schedule up, which then made everything that happened in the main event happen earlier as well, right? Right. Probably so closer in time because they 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 did do some filler in other matches. Yeah, but. they might have done filler, but it still moved everything around, right? Everything happened maybe a little earlier because then they're stretching out. They'll let's play this out. We'll give you more time in the main event. Who doesn't want more time in the main event, right? Right. Tell your story a little better, Nick. You're gonna have an extra minute in the main event. That's two more light tubes that you can smash. <laughs> I what? want <laughs> two more light tubes. Sign me up. <laughs> oh man, but Nick seemed lost, though. Like I don't know if he was nervous, but he seemed like that goes back to our hard cam stuff. Yeah, I was gonna point that out. That's mm. working the cams. 
Nick is Nick is an indie wrestler whose entire life is about working to crowds, and that's what he did. But he he doesn't know how to work the cams as well. And this isn't right. this isn't a knock. I want to be clear when I say that a wrestler doesn't know how to work the cams. This is not me trying to say that this wrestler is bad. Right? It's just harder for television. It's just this. It's wrestler better for live. Yeah, this wrestler hasn't developed the live TV skill. And that mm-hmm. only comes with practice or rehearsal, right? And Nick Gage, his entire career has been person to person in the crowds, right? Right. Let's yep. work the crowds. And so you put him out on this. He doesn't know where the cameras. He doesn't know to look for the cameras. It's not his skill set. He's not designed around that. And so he he just does his thing. But to to people at home it looks like he's lost because he's not finding the camera he's not taking time to aim okay now i got i got to do it so this looks good to that over Mm -hmm. there right so i need i i want to make sure that i put chris jericho's head right here so when i smash the light tube to it it shatters right in front of the camera no he's worried about working the crowd so he goes over here and he smashes it over here and it has to hope that the camera is able to catch it. Um, and the cameras were for the most part able to do it. And so everything was fine there, but it, it's why he looked lost because he's not yeah. a work the camera guy. Um, but that's why I say this whole thing is a comedy of coincidences. I'd say a yeah, comedy I... of errors, but it's it, none of them were errors. It was just a coincidence after a coincidence after a coincidence. Working in radio, I, I did not know the, the ads that were coming up um, before I went to a commercial break. They were pre-programmed in the computer. I just pressed play. I knew there were two minutes of ads. I knew at the beginning of it, there would be a stinger uh, that I would play going into the ads. And at the end of it, there would be a stinger that would lead into the weather report bed that I would read the weather over or uh, a bed that I would read the next song over or whatever. Right. But the actual commercials were just pre-programmed and I didn't have, I didn't have a say in it. I didn't have knowledge of it and I didn't have any control over it. Right. I, I didn't have the ability to say, Oh, I just bad mouthed pizza company and Domino's is my first. (laughs) Yeah. I better put them at the end. Right. No. Um, I didn't have a say because that's what the ad department's there for. Their job is to program the commercial breaks and put them and and put them together. And then it's just a package. And the guy in the studio just says, play commercials. Boom, presses a button and the commercials play. Right. And then he's got a countdown in the commercial. We go back in five, four. All right. Yeah, in fact, I, I highly doubt until somebody said something to them about it that AEW had any clue. Mm-hmm. So here's, I guess, as the outsider looking in who didn't see it, who uh, who saw the match but didn't didn't think anything of this and didn't know that there was a, a lawsuit piece or not a law a, a public. This mm-hmm. is this is the uh, this is the problem with being over with being willing to overreact to anything. At the end of the day. In the '90s, not not today. I'm gonna I'm gonna roll back to a less sensitive time. In the '90s, they wanted to cancel Looney Tunes because oh, yeah. they thought they thought it was encouraging violence in children. Am I off on this, Smarks? 
Nope, you're right on there. There was there was talk about canceling Looney Tunes because they thought it encouraged violence. And at the end of the day, never once at 3, at 13, at 23, 33, and in another two years when I'm 43, none of those times have I ever thought, God, if I run off a cliff, I just shouldn't look down. Mm-hmm. I should just yeah. keep running. <laughs> it, it, you, at the end of yeah. the day, the the best play for Domino's here, in my opinion, is Roll and our it. pizzas aren't nearly as tough as Chris Jericho's skin, so exactly. we don't have to use the pizza cutters as hard as Nick Gage did. And then just right. move on with life because yeah. people are going to forget it because at the end of the day, if you like Domino's, you like them because of their pizza. If you don't like them, you don't like them because of their crust. Um, <laughs> it, or, or if you're Domino's, you just put out a thing that says, hey, at Chris Jericho, your next order will be delivered uncut. <laughs> yeah. Genius. Just, Play, mm-hmm. play with this. Well, and keep move in mind, Jericho did also have a tweet about Domino's, though, like way back, I think last year or something, complaining about the delivery. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if the Domino's spokesperson. Do whatever Twitter... you want to do. Just the, the naysayers can naysay all they want. Tell them to shut up and move on with life. Yeah. They're, they're the same people who are going to say that. that AEW can't get its own wrestlers. Um, no, no premium organization I mean, should be building to, their own from scratch. To have to put out a statement, though, I found it was so odd. I'm like, really, guys, you're wasting your time with this, though. Like, and and I don't. I mean, I don't pull my funding. I fucking deliver the next fucking pizza cutter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, here's the deal: have it's... a pizza guy come to the <laughs> ring. Like, where's this supposed to go? Oh, they forgot to cut it and take it out of his pocket and start cutting it for him. Fuck you, and you, somebody you, grabs it and attacks somebody with it. Like you, or or the the next the next episode of Dynamite, you put up a code on the screen. Use code Pizza Cutter for ten percent off your next. Order. <laughs> yeah, like right. forget that. You, like, use code yeah. Nick Gage for ten percent. You know, just fucking mm. roll with it. But no, it, it, here's the deal. Domino's is is this is all performative in my opinion um this is all this isn't getting any mainstream coverage this is getting wrestling coverage move on with life this this is all entirely watch it know that this is fake this is dominoes going out we don't want calls from uh parents of 13 year olds who are angry that their kids saw this um so a we point out it's a tv 14 show so if you're 13 year old or 12 year old watch this and you're angry, right? That's on you. You had them allowed them to watch a show that's TV 14. Uh, but we also didn't know about it, so don't come at us. We didn't. We didn't know about it. It wasn't planned. This is all performative on them. Uh, mm. But like to DFA's point, right? Um, the vast majority of people, including Domino's executives who might have been watching including AEW executives who might have been watching, the vast majority of fans did not see it when it happened live. For sure. I didn't see I it didn't, when it happened I live. Didn't, I didn't notice I it. I didn't, didn't notice it. thing of it. Yeah, DFA didn't think it. I, you might not have noticed it up in Canada because they might have aired a different commercial there. I don't know. I do uh, know mm, that, that it was a U.S. commercial. 
Um, it okay. may have also been a, a North American commercial, but I don't know. Um, That's fair. But, but also, the vast majority note. of fans didn't put two and two together. It wasn't until someone watching it on Twitter thought, hey, this is really funny, and re- and rewound his DVR and recorded it, it and screen captured it and put it up on, on Twitter. And that's where I found out about it. And then I that's forwarded it. it to the group text and we all laughed. Well, okay. Two of us I didn't, laughed. Because I didn't read it. You apparently didn't read it. Um, <laughs> um, but it thought it was funny, right? One job. But, but here's the deal. Like, no, no, I was doing my one job. <laughs> we're well, you AEW's guys were texting. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, eight, 18 to 34. Actually, we're all, all but one of us is too old to be in the AEW target Shut market. Up. I'm I'm AEW's target market because I'm... <laughs> we're in their number two I'm, market. I'm 18 at heart. 30, we're, we're the 35 to 50, so... Yeah, no, I'm 18 at heart. And you're yeah, told you're my wife when we got married that I may get older, but I'll never grow up. Now, JLB, on the other hand, is at the... Tip top edge of the eighteen to thirty four market. Oh. No, and uh, I don't know. I just you're like Wiley Coyote looking over the edge and just don't look down, bud. No, no don't look no. down. Oh, you're gonna fall. There it goes. Hate to break it to you. If I ever meet a guy <laughs> named Elmer Fudd, though, I'm definitely never trusting him. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> not gonna oh, do it. Why not? <laughs> I was really want that. That'd be too good. much fun. <laughs> But yeah, I don't know. It was a whole they made a whole big thing out of it for nothing, like you were saying. Um, and I'm curious, I believe I PVR'd it, so I'm gonna definitely check that out. I think it might have only been an American thing, though. I feel because yeah. maybe Either I just way. didn't notice it because I didn't see it wasn't there for me. Because TSN tends no. to show their TSN related stuff. At at the end of the day, no shits given. Move nope. on with life. That's it. um yeah. So here's mine. Now, uh, that being said, I'm, I'm going to really quickly on this. If I am, you know, PBR, which we already know PBR has no problem with the hardcore because they awesome. sponsored uh, CZW, new CZ, not C, new GCW champion, Matt Cardona, uh, in his win against Nick Gage. They were all in on that. It's why immediately following, he's in the media scrum being asked about his win. He's like, wait, where, where's my, where's my PBR? And he had rabbit to hold it next to him because he was sponsored by obviously PBR is in on, but if I am any other company that is hoping to get a mark share in this, this 18 to 49 era, uh, <laughs> um, which is the overall, which I, I do want to point out 18 to 49 is the actual market demo that, that they break it down to the 18 to 35 is is a sub market genre but that's beside the point if i'm looking if i'm if i'm if i'm fucking You're the nfl <laughs> if if i'm if i'm the nfl wanting to get more more viewers right i'm taking an ad on AEW in the main event right now i'm i'm saying listen <laughs> this is the sort of shit that i want this is the sort of shit that got that made wwe the market leader and i'm not saying blood and guts hardcore matches because they didn't do blood and guts so much but pushing the boundaries and doing more adult content is what got them five million viewers on average on monday nights it's what got them the wins versus monday night football every week 
Yeah. At that so time. NFL season's coming around, and I want to. I want to make sure that they watch NFL. I'm picking up AEW and being like, "Hey, yeah. hey, you think this is violent? Watch this! Mm. Boom, boom!" And just yeah. people getting wrecked. You know, if I'm if I'm uh, Hooters and I want to rescue Sell my more wings stink sinking business, um, <laughs> I take out ads on AEW main event. Right. The, no, no, that's not how Hooter <laughs> saves itself. It saves itself by having better food. Yeah, their food is terrible. I it concur. Is, it is terrible, but that's not how they're going to do it. <laughs> Restaurants no, never no, think, "Hey, uh, our our business is failing. Let's make better food." They're always like, "Hey, our business is failing. What do we do? Let's cut let's costs. Put them in tighter clothes. Let's put them in tighter clothes. <laughs> let's make our food shittier, but let's put on a bunch of advertising." Uh, <laughs> All right. Anyway. Moving on to D.A. Fabe's Little Crime. God, because you interrupted me, I, I seriously don't remember what I was going to say. Oh, my oh. gosh. See? That's why you should never be rude, Mr. Smarks. Uh-huh. Oh, that's why I'm always rude. Mm. <laughs> oh, I do, too. I do, too. So, AEW um, obviously is opening up uh, another show on TNT temporarily. It's, uh, it's eventually going to go on TBS. Um Smarks and I have had this conversation about placement of titles uh, numerous times off air. Um, I, I think I know where Smarks' brain is going to be on this. Um, but but realistically, um, I, I'm a little frustrated with AEW at this juncture right now because there's not an internet championship. Um, I think with Dark and Dark Elevation... I think it opens the opportunity to have an internet championship, um, the AEW internet championship, the AEW YouTube championship, the AEW Google championship. They can they partner with whomever you want because obviously they're making Google money already uh, mm-hmm. through through YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, so so go ahead and give that sponsorship or whatever it may be. Um, uh, this this is going to sound like a cheesy crime, but in the long run, it's a preemptive crime because at the end of the day, I don't think they add a TBS championship, and I think they should. Um, they have a TNT championship. Um, I've been frustrated. I think Smarks mentioned maybe that he didn't like the idea of it being defended anywhere other than TNT, um, and it's not. It, I mean, it is defended other places other than TNT. Yeah. Um, it's not featured on the on the internet, but I, I think I think pay per views do get kind of a, uh, a, a freebie, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. a pass. Um, but uh, you know, is that that time's going to come that we're going to be on TBS and TNT? Um, I don't know. What are your guys' thoughts? I guess as a whole, this is a this is a preemptive crime, knowing that that right now they aren't capitalizing on the fact that they have two television shows on internet. Well, for me, like, I I struggle because one of the problems that I see WWE having, and we've talked about it, is too many titles, right? Universal title, WWE title, North America, well, um, US title. US title. Uh, Intercontinental title. Intercontinental. Women's SmackDown, Women's Raw, Women's Tag Team. Um, and that's Raw not tag, even counting, SmackDown yeah, Raw tag, tag and SmackDown tag. That's not even counting the NXT title. Oh, and twenty four seven, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I don't want AEW to get into that problem with too many titles. I don't. 
I don't um, I don't think that, that that's the issue though, because you remember the old WCW television title had to be defended on television. Mm-hmm. It could not change hands at a house show. And um, so that's where my and thoughts so were. What I was what I was gonna get at is if they if they do another title, it has to be something that doesn't already cover something that they have. In fact, um I and I I fantasy well, it could have been a trio something. thing, no? It's going to well, be the trio that's, championship. that's what I was kind of going to get to. Now, yes, I fantasy booked uh, Joey Janela having a hardcore title that he made. But I want to point out that like the FTW title, the hardcore title that I was having him do was not going to be an official title. It was going to be his title, right? Mm-hmm. That was going to be the whole gimmick is that he's the one who has <laughs> it and he's going to find a way to win the hardcore title every time. Um, just like the FTW title is Taz's title. And whoever has it is going to be one of Taz's guys, right? And if they put up a match against someone that's not one of Taz's guy and he looks like he's about to win, Taz makes sure that he doesn't win, right? Um, mm-hmm. So if they're going to add another title, I think it has to be something that uh, they doesn't currently interfere with the titles that they have. Um, and that's the trios title, uh, a three-man tag group. Um and uh or uh women's tag title those are two titles that they don't currently have um the trios title i think is going to happen whether i want it to or not um i think aew really i think it's indie roots have a lot of roots in trios i would prefer them to add a women's tag title first I would agree. I don't. I don't know if they're even ready for. Yeah, I don't know if they're ready for that yet, though. I think uh, the only way you get ready for that is by doing it, and I think they're more ready for that than they are for a trios. Especially if they hire the iconics. Yeah. How many? How many trios? How many men's trios do they have? Six. The elite. Dark Order. Um, but I, I, I argue the Elite are not a trio. And I would argue that the, ta- the, the Dark Order are not trios. The Dark Order are two tag teams and a couple other singles wrestlers. Still, you can have three members of you that You can have group. three, but, uh, but that's not what trios is. Trios is not just about three people joining up. It's about a, trios ta- a trio group, right? Um, so, so New Day are trios wrestlers. New okay. Day is a So you're talking team. Jurassic Express. Jurassic Express. Okay. You know, yeah. everything else is a tag Taz's team group. plus one. Taz's group, arguably. Yeah. Um, you have uh, Ricky Starks and, and Powerhouse Hobbs and Hook. I think, I think you can make an argument in favor of uh, the Inner Circle and an argument in favor of the Pinnacle. You can make some arguments. You can do it that... for the pinnacle. I would agree with the pinnacle. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, not the pinnacle, so... the triangle. Death triangle, I would Death agree triangle. with. Death triangle. Death triangle yeah. is a trios, right. Uh, um, but but that's the... Trios, as a whole, it, it's, a, it's a different style than just regular tag team. And it, the tough thing with it is you can't... It doesn't work very well to just take a tag team and put another person with them and say, now they're a trio, right? Mm. Um, there's a whole style with trios 
typically trios has luchador style tag rules, which means if someone rolls out of the ring, they've tagged out and someone else can just go in. Right? right. You don't have to actually tag. If you get out of the ring, if you leave the ring, someone else can go in. And that's a whole different thing there. Like FTR, the tough thing, we mentioned the pinnacle, but the FTR doesn't fit a trio because... No, because they're traditionalists. They're traditionalists and, and all that. But, uh, you know, uh, in in the Dark Order, you've got um, John Silver and Alex Reynolds. They're a long-standing tag team. Going back to the Indies. Uh, you've got Evil Uno and Stu Grayson, the original Dark Order. Long-standing tag team themselves. Then you've got a couple other solo wrestlers. Preston Vance, who's number 10, and Alan Angels, who's number 5. And then you've got currently Hangman Page and Colt Cabana. Now, the only way that I can see them making a trio of Dark Order is to take Colt Cabana, Preston Vance, and Alan Angels and make them a trio. Mm. Um, but I don't think that's a good trio. I think all three of those would be better off as singles wrestlers. Um, better used as singles wrestlers. And that's the deal. But that, the other side of the coin is AEW's women's division has so much talent in it that we don't see on the regular. That adding a women's tag to that division gives us another showcase of women's wrestlers. Right? That's fair. Yeah. And that's why I think that's the better new title to add, if anything. Like, you've already got Britt Baker and Rebel. Right. right? Rebel comes back from her injury, and uh, that's a tag team right there once Britt Baker's no longer champion, right? Has she uh, technically fully wrestled Rebel? Uh, in AEW, once or twice, but okay. uh, prior to that, she was an impact for a while. Oh, she a, okay, she true. Was a knockout uh, right. impact, right? Um, you've got Tay Conti and her best friend, Anna Jay, who is working her way back from a dislocated shoulder. When they come back and together, that's going to be a great team right there. Um, you easily could pair Emi Sakura and Yuka Sakazaki or Riho and Yuka Sakazaki and have a magical girls team right there. And these are people that don't get a lot of play right now on things. Uh, Big Swole could pair up with Jade Cargill or fucking Serena Deeb. You know, they can, there's a lot of things there. But <clears throat> just in general, there are a lot of women wrestlers right now who don't get any time because there being one women's title, they get one match a week on TV. You bring out a tag belt that instantly can double the amount of women's wrestlers on TV each week. Or they just don't use it. because Just because you have a one-woman title doesn't mean you have to have one match every week either. You build feuds for different things. Hey, No, I agree. And th there's a lot they can improve there. And I'm not, I'm not giving them a pass on that. But my point is, you add in a tag title. Now, instead of a one-woman versus one-woman match, um, you can have... A one woman versus one woman match leading up to the tag or the regular title, and a two on two match. That means a total of six women wrestling on on Dynamite instead of two. Right, that triples the number of women that could wrestle 
on it. And even if you don't have a singles match, you just have a tag match that still doubles the number of women that wrestles <laughs> right. on right. that show, right? Um, it also opens it up on Dark and and Dark Elevation and Rampage to have those there. Um, so so that that is why I think if you're going to add another title, it's it's women's tag, right? I think I think they run the risk right now of having too many male singles titles, so that's why I don't want them to add one of those. Uh, until they get a little bit more airtime. So if if Rampage, well, that's why I said when they have Rampage. Yeah. Well, and even after Rampage, if Rampage is still one hour, I don't think it's enough to add another men's title. Um, but Rampage going to two hours might be enough to justify it in my book. But, but you don't think there's room for a TBA or for a, an internet championship right now? Um, I do. I'm gonna I'm gonna hedge this a bit. I don't as long as it's solo men's or solo women. If oh, I would make, absolutely open that up. Yeah, if they make it a mixed gender and everything, mixed yeah. gender, you know, match thing, I 100% be behind an internet championship. I would put it online and tag in tag matches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be. I mean, I, maybe you don't even need an internet championship. Just give me storylines for the online ones. I don't necessarily need a championship. Your whole thing well, for the online ones is to make it to the dynamite or the rampage now, mm-hmm. sort of ordeal to make it to yeah. that spotlight. I, so you get the AEW titles. I think they could easily add some storylines to the to the dark and dark elevation, but just saying winner of this match gets a match on dynamite, right? Just like that. Boom. Just like that. You've you've solved that, right? Oh, it's. Uh, Layla Hirsch versus Red Velvet. Winner of this gets to face Hikaru Shida on Dynamite this week. And you could even put it like, oh, her record is this, so it's perfect. Mm-hmm. She wins this. She yep. gets to face whatever at Dynamite, you know? Exactly. Um, so this is the number one contender to the number one contender match. Or even to face number five on AEW mm-hmm. Dynamite kind of thing, you know? Yep. So Or put them together in tournaments. You know, or whatever. But that goes back to what I was saying earlier about I would like to see more storylines on Dark and Dark Elevation rather than just wrestling. And, you know, I know I'm a wrestling guy. I love to watch work rate, but I also would love for there to be, like, some storylines, some backstage vignettes some or vignettes. Um, you can do either. Um, I will say that if they introduce a TBS title... They should talk about the tournament they had in December of 2020 on TBS to establish the TBS champion. When it obviously wasn't didn't exist on TBS. Mm-hmm. At this rate, they, if they you're going to have a talk about a tournament down in Rio, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, just <laughs> just as a as an absolute mockery of the of the uh, Intercontinental Championship. Yeah. Well, at this rate, though, if you're going to make it now a TBS title, and what, you still have the TNT title? Like, it's kind of stupid. Just make it a television they're, title. They, and they can only be defended on those channels. Well, but they're but here's only the deal. going to be on TBS. Di- uh, Dynamite is going to be moving to TBS, too. Yeah. Next year. Ooh, yeah. So that puts puts that in a, a thing. They've so already said the that the TNT title, title is going to remain being called the TNT title because it's named after the... The explosion that, dynamite, yeah. Yeah, well, and the, the 
the channel that gave them their big break. Yeah. You know? Um, and, and I get that. Um, now here's, there's, there's a, at least something I was going to talk about it in, I guess, commendations or miscellaneous. I don't know. Um, misdemeanors, uh, that might play into this. AEW has trademarked something this week. Oh that, yeah. Uh, has gotten a lot of people talking. This one because, pisses me off. Well, that's why I say I don't know whether it's a commendation or, or a misdemeanor because, um, because there's a lot of ways they could go. Uh, they they applied for a trademark for King of Hearts, specifically spelling it H A R T, like Owen Hart, who was the King of the Ring, and called himself the King of Hearts. Um, <laughs> now there's a lot of speculation about it, and we don't know yet what's going on with it. Uh, there's one speculation that it's actually video game related, that they're going to introduce a um, a game, whether it's a slot machine or something on their AEW casino game, uh, mm. that's going to be called the King of Hearts. Oh, machine, okay. So it doesn't necessarily mean AEW. doesn't necessarily character. mean on TV. Okay. Um, but it could be. Like I said, this is all speculation. We just know that they filed this trademark. This could be know, a King of Hearts tournament that they're going to have. a King of Hearts tournament. That, Owen Hart. That, yeah, that Bret Hart is going to present the Owen Hart Memorial Trophy to the King of Hearts, that the w- winner of right. the thing. We don't know yet. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be something that they plan for their uh, Rampage thing, that they're going to do yearly King of Hearts. I mean, maybe it's the pure championship sort of a thing. This is the, this is the one that goes to technical skill, not. Mm. Who knows? We don't really know yet. Uh, right. but that's at least something to consider because there's a chance that it is a title of some sort, uh, whether it's a belt or a trophy, trophy yeah. or or a King of the Ring style. I won this tournament. If thing. this is not in honor, and I, and I don't think that that's what they'll do, but if it's not in honor of Owen in some way, shape, or form, they shouldn't have done it. Knowing TK uh, and how big of a wrestling fan he is, I guarantee you that it it's, is going to Owen be Hart, in honor of Owen Hart in some way. Yeah. Um, okay. And I would bet with uh, Bret Hart's recent uh, problems with WWE again. I what would, recent problems? Well, he's just always been back and forth to WWE. I don't know I have specific ones. I just know uh, <laughs> okay. in the not too distant past, he's been bad mouthing WWE again. Um, I don't know what it stems from, but it's always he's always had these problems that pop up. Um, I, and the fact that he was the one who presented the AEW world title when they first revealed it, right? right. Which led to more <clears throat> stress between him and WWE. I would 100% bet he's involved somewhere in this concept. Um, now, if I was uh, Natalia right now, I'd be a little bit pissed that the other company is trying to trademark something based off the Hart family name that I've been the one the one carrying in modern wrestling didn't do much i'd be embarrassed if she was the only one carrying <laughs> oh jeez i would but um she doesn't know how to do a sharpshooter so yeah 
Yeah, I, I was. My my only hope is that they do some type of homage to Owen. Um, it's definitely gonna be. I see it for sure. No, I mean like a like a life and times, but unfortunately, I don't think WWE releases the footage. Yeah, no, for sure. Of the yeah, matches, that's the problem so. is that there's. I mean, they can, they can take footage from Calgary Stampede. That's um, it, and whatever Vice took, I guess yeah. as well. Any of the footage that's owned by Owen Hart's widows, mm-hmm. widow. I didn't mean to put an S on it. Anyways, singular. Um, but yeah. So I, I don't know. I guess uh, I don't know if JLB finished uh, his rebuttal or his thoughts on another championship um, in AEW. But I think <coughs> I think no, there's I mean, enough singles it. championships right now. Oh. I mean, that's it. And if you're going to make a, a – my whole thing was if you're just honestly going to make – don't make an internet championship. I think that's silly. Make it so, hey, to go to your show was what my uh, whole thing was for that. And no point calling a TBS championship. But if you're going to do that, just make it a television championship and end it kind of thing. Well, I think they can't legally call it a television championship because I believe that is technically owned by WWE. Um you're telling me the only time they thought of television championship was when I'm, WCW? I'm saying it was trademarked by WCW oh, and WWE okay. took over that trademark and, as far as I know, continued to hold it. Mm. Um, I mean, it's this, the same reason that you can't have the big gold belt on AEW. Um, it's not that... WWE, WCW was the only ones who thought of making a big gold belt. It's just that WWE owns the rights to the big gold belt and AEW can't use it. So you can't just make a big gold belt? Uh, you can't you make can. one that looks like the big gold belt. It's okay. a likeness <laughs> trademark. Fair. Okay. You can, however, hop online and just search for a uh, big gold belt and find like a dozen different companies that make replicas <laughs> and you can buy one for like 150 bucks. There you go. I mean, not, not that I've spent the last week looking at those going, can I afford $150? <laughs> I, I really kind of want to have one so I can get Jordan Grace to sign it at Zello Pro and just be like... I know you never wrestled for WWE or WCW even, uh, but, you know, just sign it right here. Oh, sure. You got a meet and greet, no? Yes. Or maybe you should just buy her book or something if she has one. That's lame. Actually, what I want to get is she's You want to been... buy a $150 gold belt by a pr- and sign, get it signed nowadays? by a who reads nowadays? A lot of people. Apparently, you don't, but a lot of people. Not I. I actually <laughs> read a lot, but that's beside the point. And, you know, I, I don't like signed books because for me, books are about reading, but uh, the other things are about displaying. Now, if there, if if uh, she had a action figure out, I would one hundred percent buy an action figure to have her sign. Right. Um, I will buy an eight by ten and have her sign that. That's fine. 
I just was trying to think of something. Now, I also was looking. She's been hinting a lot about how she wants to go after the X Division title. So I did think about buying an X Division title uh, to have her sign that, just saying, you know, for the future. <laughs> I tweeted at her that she needed to aim higher and, and then tagged the AEW championship. Or, bro, just get her down with the thickness t-shirt on <laughs> shop, uh, on uh Pro Wrestling Tees. That sounds awesome. Down with the thickness. <laughs> That's awesome. Get up. Come on, get down with the thickness. Thickness. Or Team Pog. And then I don't know what the other ones are. But yeah, down with the thickness. That's awesome. But, anywho's. Well, that brings us to the end of that there crime. Um. So, misdemeanors, and then we'll go to accommodations. Any misdemeanors to talk about? Um, I mean, there wasn't really much that happened aside from like the Domino's thing, Bray getting released, and um, yeah, I don't know. Um, not thinking of any at the moment. I'm all my only misdemeanor I had was just Braun trying to get back in the the spotlight by playing off Bray being released, and that's all my thing. I. 100 yeah. percent think he's just trying to get his name back out there I, I i have a preemptive misdemeanor to wwe for having a different wrestler play the fiend yeah oh i have one um for changing reginald's gimmick to reggie and he's no longer french from france he is from st louis and they're blaming it all on carmelo um i, I don't hate that so I think well, it's creative for them to at least come up with a storyline behind it. Instead of just like Lana where she just casually dropped the the It's still a lack of creativity though. Oh, just because Carmela wanted me to be French. I'm actually from St. Louis. Like Well, okay. Now now uh, keep in mind I wanna be clear on this. He didn't say Carmela wanted me to be French. He said Carmela was hiring a sommelier and I thought pretending to be a French sommelier would pad my resume enough to get a job. So that's why I okay. pretended to be French so I could get hired by Carmela to be her sommelier. All right. Fair. Um, Still lame. But I, I get think, it. I think it's more creative than just saying, um, yeah, his accent's gone. We're not going to explain that's it. That's exactly what's going to happen with Apollo Crews. You know what else would be really butt. great? Is if he had an accent... And then he delivered a promo in the ring. And somebody else who was in the ring looked at him and said, Hey, wait. I thought you were Jamaican. (laughs) (laughs) And then you suddenly look like, Oh, crap. I forgot (laughs) I was supposed to be doing an accent right there. Oh, oh, this guy guy has a leadership role in the company. And he just called me out on screen. (laughs) Cena did that to him? No, Trips did. <laughs> Ooh, I gotta rewatch that. I don't remember that. That was second run <laughs> DX HBK and Trip DX versus oh, the Trips New DX. Day. Okay, that's fair. Trips and HBK versus the New Day. Mm, okay, but <laughs> um, yeah, like I said, mine only is against Braun just because I think he's just trying to get his name. We know nobody was talking about you, and then. One of your former stable mates gets released, and now you you 
start making hints like you're making plans with her. Yeah. What I I am willing to go on the record right now and say, if we see Braun wrestle again, it's going to be in a WWE ring. He's gonna sign on for less money uh, to go back to WWE because I don't think the other promotions really have that much desire to sign him. I have a, a misdemeanor for my commendation. Okay. A misdemeanor against <laughs> me for my commendation for okay. having dirty thoughts about my commendation. Okay. Well, we'll go ahead and move to commendation so now okay. you can explain that. <laughs> Congratulations to Shotzi Blackheart and Brandy Lauren um, on their engagement. Yes. Or is it? Because they've made comments on it that it was all a joke, too. Well, either way, you understand the misdemeanor now, and you also... But if if indeed they are engaged, then congratulations. And if they are not, then how dare you fucking play with our emotions like that? Yeah. Yeah, I can't blink without thinking happy thoughts about that. <laughs> but, but yeah, no, uh, my commendations are, are simply AEW put in just a phenomenal show last week. Just absolutely phenomenal from top to bottom. Even if you don't like deathmatch wrestling, if that's not your thing, I get it. Right, take that out of it. The rest of the show was top notch. Um, they won the night for the third week in a row. Well over a million viewers. Oh. Uh, three weeks in a row. Um, the death match, despite all the negative publicity and all that stuff, featured a rising viewership of 90,000 people. Wow. 90,000 more people tuned in to watch that death match. I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I would have appreciated it more if I hadn't seen a Nick Gage match recently. <laughs> but I just saw the Cardona match and I was just like, this is the same shit. I'm done. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> but I mean, I've seen a bunch of those matches, so I'm just probably over it. That's all. Um, it you know, I, Nick Gage matches are all going to be the same. I, in the end, there's only so many things you can do <clears throat> with light tubes, glass plates, and uh, pizza cutter. Well, you then know? you're just not creative enough. That's all that is. Um, and and especially when it comes down to in a ring in mm-hmm. front of a bunch of people, you know? I mean, I guess the next thing they could do is a Joey Janela Zandig jump off the top uh, of a building. Uh, but just ask Joey Janela how that ended up for him. And um, he will tell you not good. Not good. Broke his back. Side note, did you guys hear about Domino's on that episode? Did you hear about Domino's? <laughs> Uh, no, the AEW, like, like every segment was good, was great, right? Was it, was it a perfect night of wrestling? No, but it was like, I came away from that going, this is why I watch wrestling, which I, I haven't said about a WWE show in a long time. So I, AEW, I do, I, I do think AEW their whole CM, I do think their whole CM Punk, like, promoing of it was a bit maybe a bit too much they kind of teased it with every segment that they had they they teased it heavily yes um they uh have then gone on to in one hour sold twelve thousand tickets to the united center uh on their pre-sale okay in one hour 
Right. That's fair. Now that is, right. I, I'm going to point out that is the United Center is the largest capacity indoor stadium, indoor arena in America. Right. Oh wow. Okay. Um, and it's important to say indoor. Right. right. It it's not larger than many of the outdoor stadiums, like football stadiums and stuff like that. But for indoor arenas, the United they Center sold how much? Twelve thousand. Oh, 12,000 12, okay. of their tickets. They, wow. But that's because the pre-sold only opened up about half capacity. So there's another yeah. 12,000 tickets that go on, on official sale here soon. Check, wow. chat. Okay. Check, chat. Yeah. So. Um, hey, go to the yeah. comments. Delete them. Uh, are we, have we gotten hit by that again? I think it's a different person. Yep, different name this time. And apparently can't see our skin tones apparently not no no um but yeah um in in that regard yeah no i i just that was the only thing for me like i'm honestly done with the whole cm punk thing although already i've been done with it for a while just because of the dirt sheets and the media oh this and this and this and this could this be this could this be this? i'm just like guys i'm done at this point i don't care until i see him like well <laughs> so. i i was in that boat until actually this week and this is why um when it was just dirt sheets saying it i was the same thing i i'll believe it when i see it right uh, until until he actually shows up in a ring i'm not gonna believe the dirt sheets Right. Um, but this week, Tony yeah, Khan wrote Tony Khan wrote a check this week, right? Mm -hmm. And if he does not cash that check at the United Center in a few weeks, it will bury his company. It will bury his company. Yes, and so he had to be confident because it, it, it will ruin the reputation of AEW with the hardcore fans if CM Punk does not show up at that show now. With the and amount that... of hinting they did, it will bury AEW. And so he would not have allowed that much hinting to go into it if he wasn't confident, if he wasn't 100% sure that... Yeah, but then Darby Allen was saying that he wasn't referring to CM Punk and all that. Well, of course he's I... doing that because he wants to continue. He's got two weeks... Three weeks of TV to to play up before then. Mm -hmm. Of course, he doesn't want to say, "Oh, it's one hundred percent CM Punk that I was referring to." Um, that's just covering his own butt there. That's just trying to tell a storyline. But right, you wouldn't then. drop that amount of hints, right? And you wouldn't have booked the United Center, the largest indoor arena in America, um, for two weeks prior to you being in chicago for three more shows you wouldn't have done that if you didn't have the because that's not even all out right what all that's out's not even one allowed. of the, that's all out's one of the the other three right oh uh, okay. so he's in chicago and then he goes someplace else for two weeks and then he comes back for dynamite rampage and all out right okay right. um and so it's important. All Out is not in the United Center. All Out is in what used to be called the Sears Center, which I don't remember what it's called now. So is that this Tuesday? No. Um, Next the, Tuesday. The 20th. 20th, so three weeks. Okay. 
Um, because that's the second of the, the rampages. This week is the last week that we don't have a rampage. Okay. And then next week we will have a rampage, and then it's the following week. Uh, the first rampage is in Britsburg. So. Um, but that's the you wouldn't go and say, hey, we have sold out all out in Chicago on September, whatever, 5th. I think it is. Anyways, we've sold out all out. Um, let's book another show after we have three shows already in Chicago. Let's book another show in Chicago two weeks prior to that at a larger arena. And let's heavily hint that CM Punk will be there if you weren't going to deliver CM Punk there. Mm-hmm. Because again, you you mentioned it. Yes, Darby Allen has walked back and said, oh, I wasn't specifically yeah, referring to I him. don't think he's going to be facing him anyways. I don't see CM Punk facing Darby. I don't Darby. think he is. No. I think that's why he walked it back. Because CM Punk's not going to come out there and face face Darby Allen his first match. Right. right. Um, it's going to be someone else. But the drawing the best in the world. Uh, it's going to be Shane there. McMahon. Yeah. <laughs> Shane O'Mac's going to come out. <laughs> um, no. Uh, <sighs> But him dropping that was 100% uh, to sell it because of CM Punk. Um, and then uh, MJF specifically using the same wording that CM Punk did at the beginning of the pipe bomb uh, at Chris Jericho at the end. Right. Those things were accidents. Those were planned to sell tickets to this new event that they did here. That's a check that Tony Khan has written now that if he does not cash the check, this company, uh, everything goes backwards. All of the goodwill that they build up with the wrestling community. Yeah. goes backwards. If they don't build that up now, here's, here's who I would not be surprised for Darby Allen to face at that rampage. I wouldn't be surprised if they move up Daniel Bryan's or Brian Danielson's debut and have it be Darby versus Brian Danielson. Um as a swerve. Oh, Darby said best in the world and it's not it's not CM Punk, it's Brian Danielson, who arguably could have argued that he was the best in the world for a large portion of his WWE run. Um but CM Punk is gonna come out and I one hundred percent believe CM Punk's gonna come out and uh, try to jump the line to Kenny Omega. And I believe All Out's going to be CM Punk versus Kenny Omega in the main event. Um, that's, I still think it should be Jericho. Um, I think I it think, should be Jericho and he intentionally is down. I think, I think that's gold. I, I understand that, and I get that. Um, but I, I 100% see... It's being, because that's, that's the thing here. They can now, with the uh, Sears Center, whatever it's called, Legion Center, I don't remember, anyways, um, being sold out, they can say the only way you, if you don't have your tickets already, the only way you get to see CM Punk versus Kenny Omega at All Out is on pay-per-view. Um, and we said before, right now, now it's about delivering pay-per-view buys. Right, they've sold all the tickets they can to the arena. Now it's about driving the people who haven't already bought tickets to get to buy that pay per view. So, 
Um, and so that's what to I see. look in your eyes. Mm-hmm. Look what do you in see? My eyes. What do you see? Here's a cult of personality. Anywho's, um, <laughs> but that's all the commendations I have. Anyone else have anything more? No, no. I gotta go to bed, La. I'm done. Okay, well, that's what I was getting at. So now we are going to start to wrap things up for the wrestling booking unit. Make sure to check all of the links in the doobly doos below uh, for our Patreon, our merch store, our social medias, all of that stuff. Uh, make sure to smash that subscribe button if you're watching this on YouTube. Um, or smash the subscribe if you're listening to this on a podcast place or watching it on Facebook or whatever. Um, you know, we. I'd love to get more people subscribing so that more people get notified when we go live so that more people are here um, because uh, we would love to interact with you. Um, but yeah, we also would love if there was some more people in the comments to just totally oh, there are people. the people who come and spam our comments. <laughs> it would be super sure great if there was, you know, half a dozen people there who could see that comment get posted and be like, fuck this guy. Yeah. Um, and then we wouldn't have to go and ban him. because There was a quarter of a dozen that said, fuck that guy. That's yes. it. Mm-hmm. But anywho's, but make sure to hit those, those likes and share and subscribe. You can follow us on the social media. You can follow me at raw and order wbu just like it says at the bottom of the screen that's on all pretty much any of the social media um so twitter and facebook and instagram and tiktok and whatever you can follow da fabe at da vincent k fabe yeah, right there and jlb gets to do all of his stuff you can follow him hey. at jlb420 sorry <laughs> <laughs> Apologies for that, folks. But you can follow your boy Justin Ooh. JLB at JLB420 on Twitter. Real Talk Radio, though, is the brand at Real Talk Radio. Uh, Real Talk Radio 8, anchor.fm slash RTR. And um, going back to school starting tomorrow, actually in class. So wish me luck. And um, that is it. Anchor.fm slash RTR. It's where you can find all the streamables, all the Spotify's, the the iTunes, the Apple Musics, the whatever, the Stitchers, and everything else all in between, whatever your favorite podcast is. And that is it, guys. Thank you. But on that note, we're going to go ahead and wrap things up, close the book on the wrestling booking unit. Thanks you all for listening and joining us. We will see you soon.